so, with absolutely no technical mishaps whatsoever, and definitely not me forgetting to mute our microphones as we went, that certainly didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> it was very funny, though. <laughs> you got the, the secret peak. <laughs> and uh, speaking of secret bonuses here, Kevin Katarn. With all the hero points on oh, my chest, not playing all the hero points lost from the social encounter. Let me help our heroes get some more fortune on their side. I rolled randomly to see who should get it. Trishik, nice. enjoy. If it comes Take to bag. luck and random chance, it will always be mine. Yeah. What? I don't think I that's mean, how that works. We had, we had the <laughs> coin flip. We had an observation the other day where someone was. Uh, it's like cold reading and psychics, basically. Someone was amazed by how many times that Derp has managed to call a hard 20. I'm like, yeah, he calls every die that he or anybody else at the table rolls. So statistically, All 5% of the time, time, he does manage to call the 20. A broken clock is right <laughs> twice a day. <laughs> Which is probably about on track for how many times he's actually successfully called the 20. The important part is it gives the illusion of me predicting the dice <laughs> will be correct. And it's clearly actually working. It works. It does Apparently. work. You get the effect that you want here. It's like you're the magical caller of fortune. You can predict, and you've gotten it in a couple. It compounds when you yep. get it in incredible situations. <laughs> I'm just here. Like, roll this. Battle. No, roll it again. 20, see? <laughs> Half the time, you even give someone a die, and they hero point it, so they get two shots at exactly. it. Exactly. Like, I have a 10%. I was more impressed with the coin flip last session. So It was a legitimate coin flip, and I won it. It's 50-50. It's a lot better than a 5%. 50-50. Either it works or it doesn't. Exactly. All things are 50-50. But it was, it, was, it was crux. I feel like, though, the fact that you can kind of feel which side the coin is, like, regardless. Oh, yeah, of I knew as soon as I it hit my he hand. Was, he didn't call it, though. I called it. Yeah, I know you did. Yeah. So, like, but I knew if I was going to do this he knew if he was as soon do as it. it hit my hand. Yeah. So if you were calling it, you could definitely just yes. see that really hard. But you didn't even call it. That was actually just one that I roll. Or the coin flip, I suppose. Flip. So the as we <laughs> head back into this here, first of all, of course, thank you, as always, to Paizo for sponsoring our adventures and rampant shenanigans over on their channel here. Uh, and not only for sponsoring the show and having us come here, but of course for the Age of Ash adventure that we are actually playing, mm. which I feel is a thing that I don't point out enough, that this 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 adventure we've gone on for the last year... You don't point it out enough? I mean, it is all over the screen, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> But if you don't know, like, the words Adventure Path or what that means, if you, you aren't aware this is literally a book that they produce, you could easily just think that's, like, the logo that we made for the campaign. It is not. Which gives me a ton of credit for the ability to make a logo, because I definitely could not make a logo that looks as good as these and as the Age of Ashes on there. Uh, but this was just their their flagship adventure for second edition. Came out alongside the rule book and as you can see by we're a year into this and we're still going pretty strong here, it has a just a ton of content. Mm -hmm. Just an actual ton of stuff to do. And I, for one, realized something else. We sandbag really hard. <laughs> <laughs> we should have more. That's not wrong. <laughs> that was not that was not the realization that I had. Uh, it was that we are we're 12 level right now. Yeah. And in first edition. We've streamed three or four first edition adventure paths before 2E came out. We switched over, obviously, to the new game and the new adventure. Um, all those campaigns ended somewhere in the 
12 to 16 range. So we are at right now at what would be approaching the end game of a first edition campaign. I have never played above 16 in Pathfinder first edition. Hmm. I never actually got to end game because I think you got 17 once. Did Strange Dance go 17? War for the Crown. War for the Crown went to 17? I think I might have just given you 17 because the final boss was ridiculously strong. It might have been. They, they were 17 horrible, for the fight. Though. A horrible massacre. So I may have just given you 17 for and the And I'm pretty sure Strange Aeons did too. Well, I'm pretty sure Strange Aeons was 16, but I could be wrong. I've definitely never gone to 20. And there's a lot of cool stuff classes unlock 18, 19, 20 in first and second edition. Uh, but the way the numbers extrapolated in first edition the words that i will say on the sponsored stream is that i can see why they ended most of their adventure paths around 14 to 6 i understand the decision to end most adventure paths around 14 are you to telling me that wish and miracle could totally side wreck a campaign is that what you're suggesting there are many tools available much earlier that could derail a campaign i am the cleric i cast gate goodbye <laughs> peace <laughs> out of the world uh, I'm going I, to Earth. Goodbye. Have I told you the story of the monkey gunslinger who made a bomb pie and threw it at the door of one of the pirate council members when he was level, like, six? Campaigns can be derailed in many ways. What? But... He made a bomb pie and he threw it at the door of one of the pirate council. Why does that derail campaigns? I mean, if, if it includes... You've now the, made an enemy of one of the main The goal was people. to, you know, oh, make become friends. the pirate gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I, I understand that. But this is gonna take us all the way there because the second edition adventure pets, I, we're gonna get to do 20. I've never done 20 before. If, if any system thought, if, if it was any other system, I would be afraid for the integrity of the story. But I'm not afraid but with this one. Dewey's strange it's so balanced. It's, it's holding together pretty well I'm for pretty being impressed. at 12 yeah, because a yeah. lot of D20 based systems really start to fray around 10 to 12 mm -hmm. and there's like a there's a huge divide between the game that you signed up to play and that you were playing originally and whatever the heck is happening now but the second edition's holding together real good like yeah i mean if it could be broken we would have broken it by now believe me we would have found if a way to talk we, about it we've been doing this for 16 years with about 50 different systems if it was breakable we'd break it skulls and shackles level one be an undyne with a drill you sink the boat <laughs> this is why you can't have nice things. And no you, one lets you, you on You can't boats. have a drill. You don't get to have things. See? Have a toothpick. Just You can go under the boat, stick to How, the bottom you, of the boat. Are you telling hardness? me that you are going to use a toothpick to be, poke a hole be in a the monk. bottom of a pirate ship? Yes. Ooh, ooh, be a monk about? undine. Punch the wood. <laughs> you are not gonna beat your way to the hole of a pirate ship Eventually as a level one will. monk. Marshall could. What about, a, what about one? a druid <laughs> who turns into a beaver and like goes like super <laughs> hyperactive and just eats his way through the just bottom of the boat? Eat the boat, forehead. With air bubble, he's an so air bubble beaver. So how's the weather in Kavlar? So <laughs> what is this like a safe word now? <laughs> <laughs> Cloudy with Ooh. a chance of beavers. Fun fact. 
This is if you if you're currently watching this on YouTube, <laughs> these are typically the shenanigans reserved for the pre-intro. That the pre-intro was too short. Does not actually make it onto the YouTube video. But since it's part of the body of the video, it's trapped. I can't stuff. edit this out. Oh, that's a good point. Re-rendering for twelve hours. So, <laughs> buddy did run through a wall, level one. That was not a pirate ship. That was a crappy wall. In but with pre that roll, it could have been the whole of the pirate ship that he just ran through. <laughs> <laughs> How would he run through water? <laughs> No, you run Air through bubble. the inside to the outside. With a beaver. None of this would work. <laughs> You're all dumb. Yeah. Rocks fall. Rocks fall in the middle of the ocean and everyone dies. Because GM just goes, it doesn't work. Yes. <laughs> Shut because, up. Because the, because the story needs to happen. How does, how does run all right, away, guys, guys, okay. guys. We got to stop this. <laughs> We have to play the Age of Ashes campaign today. We don't today. have to. We do. It's what we're sponsored for. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to play the adventure. Then I saw your face. We can't just theory crap ways to now break an eight-year-old adventure you. path <laughs> for four hours. Okay. <laughs> I set him up and you knock as, him down. Oh. As we left off. <laughs> as we left off. In our adventures. I think Resme and Shushik were in a coma, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're about to be asked. Spontaneously unconscious, not sure what happened. An unshakable uh, stupor. Now, we had just finished presenting our case to the ten regents of the Council of Cobbler. Uh, we had attempted to answer each of their questions to petition ourselves to them as that recap video summarized and we left off immediately after our discussions with all of them leaving us still here in the chamber with the ten regents behind the table and as we finish that Thunderflare rises once more from her seat at the Center, I mean, I guess she kind of shares the center of the table. There's ten of them, so, like, mathematically, nobody's actually in the middle. Which only lends further credence to the fact that they truly are all equals here, but just for purposes of efficiency. There is just a single one of them that is kind of facilitating running the events. Something, something, round table, equal shares. Something, something, round table, equal shares. It just makes the Carpenter's Guild guy feel better about himself. She really <laughs> needs to color her roots. Wow. That's a lot more than Roots. Wow. We just spent four hours last week trying to play nice with these people, and you're going to come out here with that. I'm just it saying, is... if I had her hair, I would color my Roots. Okay, Wait. I'm pretty I'm... sure that Raz literally called the stonemason an idiot to his face. Just so... for record, we're dwarves. We don't care. And How do you know that rude? she didn't dye her hair, but the forge cooked it out? Ooh, true that. Also, when I look at this art here, I don't even see it as dyed, just the, her natural hair color receding to yeah, gray. Yeah, just going mm -hmm. gray, yeah. Like, yeah, it's not like... No, I'm just saying. Like, she's the rest of her hair. She's, she's a gnome. She's bleaching. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> if a gnome ever looks like that... You should run. You just leave. Like, <laughs> that gnome owns everything he touches. <laughs> he is the king now. He's not, not boring. From bleaching. Go he's find the new town to live. You just see him and he's like, he owns it. everything. That's oh, why hey. he's bleaching. He's um, bored. Thunder flare rises. <laughs> Focus! Thunder flare. <laughs> rises from her seat. It's time to simply leaving the hammer on her hip. No longer raising this tool of her station. All right, then. 
The Council of Regents here at the Hadakovla have spoken. But again, we are each our own mind and have our own interests and the purposes of our guilds at the forefront of everything we do. I've pledged my aid to you as the head of the Ambler's Guild and as have many of my companions here on the council. But those of you who wish to remain separate from these decisions, who do not believe you can put the faith of yourself and your people in these travelers, feel free to return to your business, return to your guilds, we'll call upon you for this no more. Uh, Archmage, I, I know that you don't particularly like most of my party, but if I could just come back with you and have a little chat later, that would be really, really helpful. Shameless request. <laughs> Does shameless request require them to be at least friendly with you? Nope. Does it not? Nope. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. Literally, does not matter. Throw me, <laughs> throw me a diplomacy This is check. my last chance and I'm not gonna miss. <laughs> Not gonna let that side of the table ruin this for you. It's pretty Respectable. Good. That's, pretty good. Yeah, that's a decent number. That's gonna be a 38. So 38. As he uh, stands, he, the Archmage, uh, the all joiner of the Carpenters Guild, and the Mountain Heart of the Stonemasons, uh, all readying to leave. Uh, Mountain Heart, Odovim, basically wasting no time, standing uh, with nothing really to gather, pushing his chair back and heading immediately for the door. Uh, now this chant, this chamber, this—they're not really separated from you. The table, uh, the table that the regents are seated at is directly in front of you in this square room within this hall. So they're not heading out a back door or anything. He literally gets up and walks right past the group of you down the side of the room, out to the door, heading back out into the hollow boats. Uh, the carpenter, as well, stopping to give a brief word to uh, the adorned Eckley Bowman of the Guild of Finery, similarly goes to make his departure. The Archmage, however, he was not moving terribly quickly anyway. Uh, the leaders of these guilds, none of them are terribly youthful folk. Uh, even Forge Master Thunderflare here, as we just discussed, Clearly showing the signs of age and the wisdom interface. Much of the council the same. Uh, but the Archmage is very, very visibly old. His hair, almost in looser, near matted braids uh, of simplicity. Really just keeping most of the bulk around the side and in one space to deal with it. His beard just free and loose. It does not move terribly quickly either. But as you ask, he looks over. Oh, well. While I don't quite have faith in. Well, a lot of the proposals you've made, I don't think the lot of you are what Kovler needs. And frankly, I think that's because Kovler doesn't have too much of a problem and needs addressing, much less by outsiders. By no means am I withholding the hand of friendship or assistance from the Guild of Magic. Welcome to stop by any time, peruse our resources as any other visitor or traveler to Kovler. I'm far from banning you from our establishments, I just 
don't believe there's much to be had in this. Thank you. I, I would really like to discuss the, the gate theory with you later and hear your thoughts on it. It's rather interesting. And as you've had direct experience with the thing, I'm certainly not going to turn my nose up at such an opportunity. Again, this isn't, don't take this uh, myself or the all joiner or the mountain heart here as slights against you personally. Maybe the mountain heart. <coughs> Stone cold heart. We just have the city's interests at heart. Don't have time for every wanton fairy tale about strange, mysterious, secretive threats to our council. Of course, sir. But I wish you the best of luck in your investigations. I do. Thank you. And you look across the rest of the party and nod. Heads out as well. Thunder flare at the head of the table. Or the center, rather. Hi. Nothing said here today is truly a personal grudge. It isn't what the Council of Regents is for, but it's not what any of the guilds have come here to deal with. We judge your character only to know if we really feel we can trust you. Because as I mentioned, there's been some degree of odd happenings throughout Kofla recently, and it's not impossible. This is related to that Scarlet Triad you've told me of. Hmm. You've told all of us of now. So, I suppose from here, first and foremost, as the head of the Council of Regents, I'm supported by most of my fellows at this table, will offer you what resources Kofla has. There's much we can provide, both in arms, equipment, and information to help you in your investigations, and hopefully through that to aid us as well, and to aid our fine city. The... Oh, one moment. The vaults beneath this Regent's Hall hold many treasures, many relics, many items of great power and magical fortitude. Many that may be useful to you in the investigations, or at the very least may be worth protecting you, should you better fruit here. This triad, I imagine, you said you've fought them before. Take that to be very clean-cut and literal. Yes. We've shed blood in many of those battles. You'd have an impressive pile of trophies to show for it. And Aye. a fair number of dead friends. Believed every word you said. And see it weighs on you. Still to this day. Leader sacrifices. Hopefully. Need go no further. And perhaps with the knowledge you've gleaned in your journeys. You could help us here. So. I suppose. Let us share. Some of the goings on of Kofler. This. Of course, still is coming from a council of individuals, of individual guilds and their purposes. We've no way of telling if things that have happened of late have any tie to the Scarlet Triad, any tie to this Alcida's Ring or your Breach Hail or anything. But it's a fair bit too many. It's my personal belief. It'd be simple coincidence. But we'll give you what we know. 
and you perhaps can tell us if you see any common threads or links. But before you begin, I, I hate to be rude, but I do believe that we might operate on different calendars, and I really would like to get an actual timeline of how these events coincide with what we've been doing on, in the outside world. So if you could tell us how you track time in the calendar so we can relate it to how we track our own in the timeline, that would be most appreciated. And uh, I can explain it too, but... She would turn and motion to High Physic Bowman, who would, uh, from his seat, uh, yes, it's quite frequent that we have dealings with travelers from uh, the surface. Merchants coming through, going about their business. Kovler uh, is open to all realms, not just those within the Five Kings Mountains. I'm well familiar with these translations. I'll do the best I can to corroborate. I believe at the moment it's early in Serenith by most surface timekeeping, I. I, I do believe so. I do believe so. Yeah. I wasn't sure you figured you probably didn't actually. I stopped keeping track of the calendar once. Now, my, Dorin tracked my, the calendar. Dorin tracked but, it, but... Yeah, but... I tracked the calendar. It is. It's the 4th of Serenith on the surface right now. Who needs to know what day it is? It's always dark. I... Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. Yeah. Right. You might find goings down here a fair bit difficult to acclimate to. Uh, our cycle of forage days is thrown off many a merchant. However, down in the Traveler's Quarter to the south of town, many of the inns and taverns run on surface time. They open with the sun and close as it leaves. Uh, that should help you to adapt somewhat during your time down here but uh, as far as the assistance or your need of aid and information from the guilds themselves <laughs> scheduling is oft complicated okay so while they're giving me their timeline of events that's happening i'm going to try to line it up with what I know that we've been doing on our parts of the calendar, so I can see if there's any relation to any of those activities and the fallout we were seeing. Suddenly, Knowles appeared. Hmm. And so, Thunderflare nods. <clears throat> I've had near each member of this council bringing forth some form of woes in the last ten Forge Nights, which even I'm fairly certain on the surface is about two weeks' time. Mm -hmm. Maybe a fair bit more, but not much beyond so this is all terribly recent business. Okay. And I believe most urgent, perhaps, uh, Sentinel Grobland. You've a missing acolyte. And the from the Guild of Faith, the Sentinel stands. I. And though I'll admit I came here under no intention to be sharing this information with the likes of surfacers and foreigners, you've done well to convince me of your hearts and your cause. It's not impossible. There's a common thread to be found here. Forge Master Thunderflare speaks the truth. One of my acolytes has disappeared. Hmm. And, uh... 
me organize. I got a whole ton of. I literally have ten guys with ten infer bits of information here. So a brief second to reorganize. I, my, my flashcard. It's still a take. Is going to take a second. I, I, um, I would provide small talk because I'm still like slightly traumatized from the whole "Don't you dare interrupt the dwarven leaders of the guilds while they're talking." Uh, an acolyte of mine goes by the name of Talos. Vanished under some suspicious circumstances about only three forge days ago. Not even fuller ones by this counting. He had an argument with his wife. And they're not originally from Kovler. Uh, Zamak's an acolyte, but not from my guild of faith. Uh, from Lorad kingdom abroad they traveled here i believe they were staying in the gold sky inn because they didn't typically keep the four days hmm. they had some form of disagreement and talos stormed out to go seek lodging of his own uh, his wife olga she went looking for him just the next forage day found no trace of them she brought the matter to me as they were well still dwarves of good faith from abroad and sought help from the guild of faith but there's nothing me or any of my personal disciples have been able to turn up from abroad you say i from the rod Gold Sky Inn. We're staying there. Or rather convenient, ain't it? Well, I believe the last I knew, Olga's still there. So, perhaps, uh, with my seal, you can ask the folk running the place, uh, get in contact with Olga. Or if not, uh, I can send one of my disciples that had spoken with her previously to introduce you if you'd prefer. And you can see if there's anything you can find. No, Talos ain't a disciple of mine, but he seemed a good enough man. Uh, I hadn't met him personally, but his disappearance, it troubles Olga so, and as it happened within our walls, it's something I'd like to see put right. Hmm. Do you know what faith Talos did follow? Worship Torag. Uh, even from the surface, I imagine you heard of him. Of course. His worship's made the way up above, much like many of my people with the quest for Sky. The god of the forge and the fire. And down here, that's hearth and home. He is, I suppose, many on the surface, I believe, have told me they think of him as just the god of dwarves. Find it a bit funny, but in a lot of ways, it's not terribly wrong. Did, did he have any particular specialty or any very specific reason for being here? That you'd have to ask Olga. Okay. As I said, I hadn't met the man personally. I didn't know anything about this until the trouble was brought to the Guild of Faith. Well, we can certainly look into it, see what we can find. I imagine your seek will be right up your alley, tracking him down. It should not be too difficult to at least uh, figure out where he went that night. And we can talk to her, his wife. So all of you are staying in the Gold Sky Inn, you say? Mm -hmm. I'd like to offer you what aid I can from the Guild of Faith. Um, 
Well, truth be told, this is a bit uh, infringing here. I suppose it's not properly mine to introduce. Uh, I physic Bowman. I'd be using your men, so I suppose it's your offer. And uh, the high physic, raise his hands a bit. I, I had asked the sentinel before this meeting, as I had come of mind much akin to Forge Master Thunderflare, I believe. There's been strange happenings afoot. afoot. I've heard the woes brought to this council. And hearing your tales, I believe they might have been related. But it wasn't something I could do alone. I don't have any troubles of myself. The High Physics Guild has undergone no strife recently. No threads I can really think to give to Aja. Excellent. But what I can give here is the support of some of my finest workers. Uh, if you're staying at the Gold Sky Inn in town, that makes everything perfectly easy. I can send a few of my best clerics. Uh, even with the bit of the faith and the blessings of Torag or any other of those below. Uh, attend. And he kind of looks directly towards Marshall. Uh, Tentator wounds. <laughs> <laughs> As he's laughing, it's just little bits of blood are like just coming out. <laughs> you, you seem to have had a terrible time of it, fighting through the hells themselves. Getting through Sagarok or what lies from that portal, taking down all those gugs, which I'm sure the Commander Bronzebeard's more than happy for. Least we can do is contract a couple of the physics guild to assist you as long as you're in town. Resume still has a very nice head laceration that's still kind of dried with blood. Roshi looks fine. I'm perfectly fine too. Raz looks excellent. <laughs> They're all perfectly adept. I'll handpick on myself for competence to be able to tend to your various wounds. Uh, even those of you far or very far from traditional dwarven stature and make. My body does not function too differently. Should not be too difficult for them. And you're very kind, Hoffer. And uh, the you. sentinel nods. And uh, along with that, uh, more, I suppose, is an apology for my initial lack of faith. Uh, lack of belief in your true intentions here as you came to speak with us and even as you told your tales. Oh. While his doctors can tend to your physical wounds simply, if you need something beyond, if there are concerns that you or you, my strange new friends, uh, come upon within your adventures in or near Kovler, come by the Guild of Faith. We use the magic the gods have blessed us with to age as we can. I, I tug on Shashik's shirt and pull him down. He called his friends. We're his friends now. Yes, that is the point of talking to them, is to make friends. Huh. I thought it was just a proper point. Uh, perhaps two, one, or two. <laughs> Six, one, half, really. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Very nice. It's, it would be nice not to have a headache. Oh, you poor dear. So, uh... Next, Goldhand Thundershield rises <clears throat> from the Guild of Coin. Uh, and with her hands kind of folded in front of her. And I believe then that I shall be the next to ask for aid and uh, tell you of the, the strife that Guild of Coin has encountered. Well, it's not specifically the domain of my guild single-handedly. Overseeing 
the Regent's Hall's vaults down below largely does fall under our purview. The hall is very well protected. Its security is unmatched throughout the Dwarven Kingdoms, and even with not much knowledge of the surface, I think I could relatively safely say you wouldn't find much better up there either, even given all the lands that you now possess. It is terribly rare, unheard of almost, for something to go missing abruptly, who vanished without a trace, without being properly logged as only us of the Regent's Council can even access the vaults. Hmm. But we've had a few things go missing. Hmm. Maybe six, seven quarters nights ago, it may now have been a runestone vanished in the vaults beneath the halls. And a terribly potent one at that. Anti-magic. Hmm. It is potent. Well, the rune itself holds great power. Power that we would like to remain aware of where and how it comes into use. I'm more concerned with the fact that something has disappeared at all. While this is, of course, not immediately a matter of perhaps life and death like the Sentinels, it is one that may be of great import to the, the security of Kovlar as a whole. If something could go missing from the vaults, something has truly gone awry, and none sitting here, nor the all-joiner, Mountain Heart, nor the Archmage, have any knowledge of its whereabouts. Hmm. Hmm, uh, this would be my specialty. Yes. I can perhaps tell you how item was taken, and if possible, it could be retrieved in the near future. Well, I apologize that it may seem perverse to your investigations. Even given the situation, I can't allow you into the vault itself. But it is understandable. I can allow you downstairs to speak with its guardian, Zegdan on honor. He's a cold rut, an inevitable. You familiar with him? Oh, what? Not familiar with that, no. Uh, you <coughs> could perhaps roll me a knowledge check, actually, and let me double check exactly what knowledge check that would be. I believe it is society. It's whatever. I keep. I always forget what outsiders became now because they got rid of outsider. It is actually religion. Ah, I might know, know this about inevitables. I want to roll it too. Inedibles? I don't think you can eat them. Uh, secret um, check or this? This is kind of to know basics about them. Um, I'd let you just roll it. Okay. It probably should, like te raw should be a secret check. That's but a you know I, I like letting the players roll dice Roshin's for this exact it. reason. Oh, I've heard so that's of a those. forty-one critical success. So, with mm -hmm. that, <laughs> just drop a twenty <laughs> on the table. It's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> First roll of the game. First roll of the game. <laughs> Inevitables are a sub of Aeons. And Aeons are a very interesting type of being. Uh, they are something that in your studies that surely they do come part and parcel with a lot of studies of outer planes and uh, faith, specifically the actual power 
that gods have and can exert. Some of the histories, like the sealing of Rovagug. Uh, a lot of this, knowing the purview in the domain of Aeons would be like, like hand in hand. Because they are... I don't know how to phrase this. It doesn't sound utterly ridiculous. They are like the guardians of reality. Like, they exist to ensure that the natural order of the cosmos continues as it does. Making sure things fall down, making sure that you know, solids must stay that way. No. <laughs> it doesn't sound utterly ridiculous. Make no. sure that, you know, energy is conserved and the second law of thermodynamics doesn't get out of whack. Exactly. Literally stuff like that. Like uh, like They're making really sure that the basic non-Euclidean or yeah. uh, non-Euclidean liquids. Okay. I say like non-Euclidean is just yeah. round things. Non-Newtonian liquids. They don't follow the rules of other liquids. I don't think they're terribly upset about those, though. I think they no, have there's just one Aeon who it's is. It's just an appendix of how <laughs> liquids normally work. That it exists. Um, but for much of known history and much of the time that knowledge goes back, very little has been known about Aeons because they are almost a force and a race that seems to be in many ways on par with the gods themselves. Hmm. Uh, the very concept of Rovagug, which was the great destroyer, that all of the gods of Galarian came together to, I don't know if you guys know this history, if this is definitely like base history that you would definitely know religion wise, that all of the gods from Iomade I guess he wasn't a god at the time, from, from Saren Ray and the the great gods of law and order to like Zon Kuthon and the Asmodeus all agreed Rovagug bad. Rovagug <laughs> needs stopped. You ever been that bad <laughs> that you put Saren Ray and Asmodeus on the same team? And they're like, oh, we need to make waffle. sure he doesn't get out. Like, that guy has to not exist. So Galarian, supposedly, is the actual... You're not sure if this is literal or metaphorical, but the planet itself, its existence is Rovagug's prison. This planet wow. being here is what keeps Rovagug from being able to just freely obliterate reality. Huh. Uh, well, the, not reality, but the universe. Even that was hardly enough to get the Aeon's notice. Because, like, flying around eating galaxies, like, yeah, that's bad, but it's also, like, like it's not... <laughs> it's within the prescriptive rules yeah, like of his that, nature. That, that, he's working within the laws of physics, so, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, go nuts, my guy. Like, <laughs> eat them planets. But somewhat recently... Within uh, the last century, uh, aeons and encounters with various kinds of them, like of the actual loftier aeons, have become more common. Hmm. Uh, it seems that they have started to reassert more of a presence. But aeon is also a huge lofty term. It's like saying thing that is alive on Galarian, like hmm. living creature. It's rock, a rock huge walker. span of things. Yeah, wow. okay. There are these galactic emperor overseer aeons, and then there are things like the Inevitables, which, while technically members of the Aeon race, are much more palatable, much more understandable, much more, you could say, almost mechanical. Uh, and, and Inevitables, you got a crit success, so I get the Lord Dump. So I, I enjoy this. I'm happy. <laughs> Thank you for this 20. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, inevitables are possibly the purest force of law and order that exists throughout reality, hmm. uh, throughout the cosmos, throughout the planes, throughout everything. They are like the arbiters up in the plane of Axis. 
where the lawful McLawful neutral spirit goes when he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are much more grounded in reality. They are not the lofty time and space controlling Aeons. They are kind of like the ants of Aeons, I suppose. Humans can understand their motives. And in many cases, uh, inevitables are like, they are things that exist on Galarian. They're around, mm. they, they do stuff, they have business. Uh, usually when they have a common concern with something that they believe is is worth their time, worth their effort. And so having a Kolyarut, which of, is basically the enforcers of the inevitables, it's an inevitable bouncer hmm. guarding a vault that seems to be full of incredibly powerful magical relics and things that maybe should not be allowed to get out wildly out of hand and should probably be tracked actually is not terribly unheard of. Hmm. But it does speak to the level of power of the things that are in this vault hmm. if there is a Kolyarut inevitable that has decided to dedicate his eternal existence to guarding this for the dwarves. Hmm. Roshin, if that's true, and if these creatures, if that's really their purpose, that purely... Is it possible that if there was something from the other side, something the opposite of its nature, trying to manipulate it, that it might not understand or even really be able to counter it that well? Yeah, it's unlikely. Moreover, oh, there's there's more there's a more likely possibility that's come to my mind, which is perhaps a bit more disturbing. But uh, we should learn more about it before I start bandying about on strange and ideas. of inevitable. Dragonic Soul, 221 in the chat. Continuing inevitability in the <sighs> second villain point. Is that the sound of inevitability, huh? Uh, clink, that is it. Clink of inevitability. <gasps> but, um, oh! Write this down real quick. Oh, I see what you mean. Ah, there it is. Uh, but, uh... Indeed. Um, I assume that the uh, nature of the anti-magic runestone prevents you from actually being able to scry for it. So, it does seem, yes. Part of the value of having Zeg the Nanar assisting with guarding the vault is that any items that are interred within, he touches. It touches. And anything that it's touched it has the ability to find again. However, the anti-magic runestone itself does seem to be steaming in his power. I suppose that is due to the magic <laughs> contained within the runestone itself. Fair enough. But it means that it's perhaps the only thing that could safely be stolen from these vaults. Making it well, a target from someone that had to have some knowledge about what they were doing. Now, Besides, as I'm a member of the Regent's Council myself, and the gold hand of the Guild Coin, it would be improper and impractical to head up this investigation myself, as I, as well as everyone else at the Regent's Council, are the only ones that actually have access. This may be related, related to your Scarlet Triad, but truth be told, you've come at a good time, and I need an objective outside view on this. Oh. Mm, of course. I see. It wouldn't be good for it to be colored by inter-guild politics, I suppose. I see your point. I see 
If you're the only ones who would normally have the keys to be able to get into the vault. It would be impossible to conduct an objective investigation without it looking as though you're going after political rivals. I, or at the very least, Covering setting some kind of a cover-up exactly mm -hmm. uh, to ensure that my own guilt doesn't come to light. Oh, how awful. So I appreciate uh, the group of you investigating this on the behalf of the Guild of Coin if you can. And mayhap if fate has the threads intertwined, it might lead you to that you're seeking. While she was talking, did anybody else give any sort of strange reaction? Uh, yeah, Mucker gave me another villain point. Well, yeah, I know about that. Um, which is... <laughs> aside from that bit of treachery, was there any I, other treachery? I suppose that is certainly a, a rather interesting reaction from this dialogue here. But I will add... I don't think chat's satisfied until you're topped off. Oh, I'm topped off and it feels good. <laughs> it does it? <laughs> Does. If we're not afraid. One. I have three of the five of you together have one. We're going to have a fun time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe a perception check. Uh, it's going to be a... Almost looks like it's a 20 from the camera angle, but it's 14. It, it is not. I know. Uh, it's a Still 33. Uh, 33. If she's telling this, yeah, you, you do come to realize pretty quickly that the obvious group of immediate suspects is the Regents Council itself, as the only ten figures in all of Kavler that can access this vault that is guarded by a literal inevitable. Um, this would not be something that could just easily be snuck into. Uh, even for someone like Trishik, as she said, even if Trishik stole something, inevitability would come for you. <laughs> the Kolyarat would find you, and you would have a bad time. So... I feel like that's a it's warning that I shouldn't say. <laughs> In reality, they yes. look like Liam Neeson. <laughs> he has a particular set of skills. Under the mask, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, looking across the council, the seven members here, um, this is, again, a problem that's been brought before the council already. It's something they've already heard. It's something they've already been made aware of. Uh, and none of them seem to have any real notable reaction to this, other than some seeming to share the concern of the gold hand here that theft from the regent's vault does not bode well uh, for the state of Kavler and the security of the entire city. This is absolutely the single hardest, like heist to pull in Kavler is robbing the vaults. And if someone could do that, the potential is worrying. Mm. So we need this 11 particular people with particular sets of skills. How many movie it? references can we throw at this? A lot. <laughs> All A lot. of them. Do you, do, you think, do you think we need one more? Ocean's 20? You think we need one more? Yeah. All right, we'll yeah. get one more. All right, we'll get one more. So, um, with that... There's, <laughs> You're just challenging me to break into a vault. There's unfortunately... <laughs> That's all this is. <laughs> ...not much more information that I can provide from you, as all I truly know of the situation is that the item has disappeared, and there... Well, again, an investigation clearly needs to be conducted, but it's not one I could head up. You, five, present the first real opportunity to look into this. Uh, I advise you to head down into the vaults. Uh, my Sila will oh, have the guards allow you down there and speak with Zeg the Nanar himself, itself. It's a difficult mm. thing to comprehend how... Well, just truly how different the Kolyurat is. Hmm. If you've never spoken with an inevitable, I imagine it'll be an interesting meeting for all of you as well. Perhaps it will be. 
Oops, I want to walk away. It's too much of a headache. Ooh, that's true. It's a very simple creature. I don't imagine anything it says will leave you with much room for doubt or confusion. Hmm. Might be the first interrogation I've ever conducted where that was the case, but we'll find out. And uh, with that one, from the Guild of Finery, stands once more the adorned Eckley Bowman. Uh, I certainly have uh, my own strange observations that I have seen around Kovler, and a problem that I believe may be brewing that threatens all those who believe themselves safe within its walls. This is the high physic again. This is No, this is the adorned. The Sorry, high physic two and the adorned are both Bowmans. Yeah, yes, they okay. are They are related. This is the there's fancy a, one. Yeah, the high physic is a Shalia Bowman, and the adorned is Eckley Bowman. Okay. And you can see it, too. They do actually very much bear a familiar resemblance, especially uh, for you being a dwarf who grew up with dwarves. You can probably see that a lot better than everyone else. They, they, are, they do look visibly related. They all look the same to me. <laughs> but yes, there are two Bowmans to make this as confusing as possible. Um, the females' beards are a little shorter. I mean, I can tell the, the females from the males, but... And you? It, can you tell two are just so keep apart from each other? I mean, they I'm have different silly. color fur. When we got all of our rats, our main goal was to get four rats who were visibly yes. different. That's how you soak you. So we have black work. rat, gray rat, white rat, and white rat with red eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get that was our primary goal: four different-looking rats. But speaking of rats, Raz, my good friend, say in Fox Ten for the last game's business plan. Got some business plans. Helping Kados here and hand a hero point down the table. You are a fine rat associate. You just gotta know how to get gold coins. How about the cash? But just be a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> just be born with it, forehead. This situation that I believe I've observed is dire and very sensitive. We're running out of silk. I'll admit, it's not one that I've brought yet before the Regent's Council. And I apologize, Forge Master. I don't believe you expected me to bring my own troubles to these travelers here. And truth be told, this problem is really in no way involved with the Guild of Finery. But again, a threat to Kovler, each and all. That said, much like the wisdom of our esteemed Gold Hand Thundershield, I'm afraid that... An independent investigation is warranted. Hmm. I would ask that you speak with me in my guild hall. After you've done your business here, whenever it is you wish to hear what I have to say. It's due to the nature. I hope that all of my fellow regents here can understand. I can't even disclose it in front of the group of you. Hmm. Wow, must be really fascinating. And uh, Thunderflare kind of looks over, eyebrow raised. As you wish. If it's something that you believe is a threat that the council can't even hear, well, that's why we've put our faith in you. Travelers, whatever this problem may be, I ask that you assist the adorned bowman with his trouble. Look into it for him, and then hopefully at its resolution. You can bring this before the council itself. 
from the Adorn again. I truly apologize again. I know this is troubled times and very troubled woes for the town of Kovlar. But if what I believe to be true does turn out to be true, I can't share it with the other guilds and what we know for certain. And I lack the skills, unfortunately, to investigate myself. Hopefully, a gap of knowledge that one of you can assist me with. Fair enough. As he sits back down, and the Forge Master motions to uh, the commander with my helmet, my Deus Bolting hat. <laughs> my buddy. The commander stands up. Oi. Well, this don't necessarily fall under the purview of the Guild of Arms. It's something we were asked to investigate, something that was brought to us. And I'm not really sure what else to put it, so perhaps you can aid us. Kovler gets most of her fresh water, most of her drinking stock, from the Blue Crab Lake out to the east. I'm sure you've seen it traveling through the town, even what little you may have done. And Blue Crab Lake is not called that for no reason. It provides a good amount of our food as well. But with both its namesake and uh, various various fish and stock from the lake. Uh, the population of a lot of our food stocks in the lake has been on a very sharp decline. Sharp and abrupt. Uh, the fishermen have noted that within the last five to ten forage days, nets have been kind of coming up near empty. And crab pots as well. You think it's uh, a bestie? That's where I'm concerned. Of course, this ain't Guild of Arms business, so the fishermen didn't bring poor catches out to me personally and to my guild. But they commissioned a group of fishers uh, with, the, with the blessing of the region's council to head out into the waters and investigate. They didn't return. Hmm. Hmm. Which is concerning. Well, we'll definitely take a look at it. And if it is a big monster, I'll be sure to bring you a trophy. Is the lake self-contained or does it have a source that's elsewhere? It's fed by a pair of massive springs far out in. Its waters are constantly cycling and refilling. Hmm. The lake itself is truly massive. It goes on far beyond what you can see from the lights of Kovler. Far beyond even what us dwarves can see from the shore. But... Due to the city's reliance on it, both for the water and for a lot of our food, access to the lake is very strictly controlled. Fishing is done from the docks, and boats aren't allowed out on the waters, nor is any kind of traveler access whatsoever, except in extremely dire circumstances such as this. We believe the loss of food was severe enough to allow a single vessel out into the water to investigate. But with their disappearance, now this is Guild of Arms territory. Mm -hmm. Was there any method of communication? Uh, perhaps a, a light in the top of the mast? Or a banner huh. that they might have been flying that anyone was keeping an eye out for? We dwarves ain't needing much of lights to be able to keep an eye out across the lake water. So but then... they had traveled far out and the lake is quite expansive. Uh, this shore that Kovler shares is but a percent of a percent of its total circumference. Hmm. It wasn't long before they were out of view behind rock and wall. 
they were trying to find either a spawning ground for the crab uh, or any kind of tales along further source investigating to find any kind of a trace of what might be happening but they nor their boat have returned the guild of arms was getting ready to send an armed expedition to follow but with all the other goings on within, within the city it's difficult I have little bodies to spare there's been a lot of trouble in Sagarok. The starved have been up in arms. We're starting to worry if they might be posing a true threat to the city. So I ask you on behalf of the Guild of Arms and myself, if the group of you are willing to take an expedition facing unknown dangers out in the waters of the lake, we'd allow you the permits to take a single vessel out to follow. Well then, we'll just add it to our list then, shall we? Of course. It's been a while since I've been on a ship. I could take it or leave it, but I'm always... The boats we have down here to explore the lake. <laughs> they ain't your surface ships. They ain't your merchants' vessels traversing oceans, heading from Avistan to Kazmaran, I'll tell you that. I'd imagine there's no trade winds to push them down there, even if they were. Aye, you'll be rowing. But I'm afraid that, like many others here, these circumstances are suspicious and seemingly with dire impa uh, impacts on the city if they continue. But again, there's little else I can inform you. That first crew was supposed to be giving us the information about what might be going wrong. Hmm. Hell. But hell. If you can fight off an entire army of gugs in Sagarok without even having to wield Torag's own hammer, I'm sure you'll fare fine about whatever. Whatever you'll find out there on the waters. To be fair, Marshall's hammer is actually quite impressive. I can see that. Is it, was it an army of gugs? Like nine. Is that kind of an army? That's a lot. It's, that's... it's more than I've ever seen gathered in one place. That's, that's to be certain. More than I ever wanted to see gathered in more than one place. I mean, but... That said, I suppose this follows up a question. Uh, and he, he seems to look more towards Marshall for this. Can you swim? <laughs> of course I can swim. You can swim. I can't yeah. swim. I just don't like water. I worry. Uh, At the very worst scenario, he can stand above the water. Our equipment is not exactly well fit to <laughs> fighting on the surface of a lake, nor helping you in battle from a dinghy. So there's little I can physically give to assist you. But if this is part of some greater plot, if this triad of yours is somehow involved and they attack you on your boat, they may be better prepared for a battle on the waters than ye. I do not believe they are prepared for a battle with the likes of Marshall and myself. Well, I don't know. Again, we have no idea what happened. Didn't return or we haven't sat on a follow-up party yet. Difficult to organize. And again, difficult to spare the men. I have ways to improve my footing, even if the ground is uneven or made of water. Uh, and uh, we're rather resourceful in any case. Uh, I imagine we'll be able to at least even if we are attacked and outmatched, make it back in one piece and to at least report. Well, as I said, I can organize the permits and we can even get you a boat arranged. We'll just need a very big boat, that's all. Well, I can give you the biggest cobbler's got. It might even be able to seat all five here. <laughs> that's not what I'm referring to. I might need a very big boat. Oh, don't worry, Marshall. We can always tie you to the mast if we have to. We can hoist you up there. <laughs> Well, have all of the sky to go stand on. There ain't much for a mast. As you said, sails are no ship. good down here. 
There ain't a wind to tell you. There's some currents you can follow, I, but they're meager and slow going. Hmm. We really don't have much beyond rowboats and uh, slightly larger rowboats. This is going to be so much fun. Put, put that one but with that, uh, on the list, please. <laughs> but with that, Marshall kind of does his old, you know, like, oh, we'll take care of it, I promise. And like I said, you want a trophy? I'll get you a trophy. Yeah, so I think we well, have some things for that. We can certainly find a place to mount it in the Guild of Arms Hall itself. You want one of my gun kegs? He just pulls out one of the gun kegs. You want one? That's, uh, perhaps a wee bit perverse. I don't want to be bringing the wrath of the starve down on us any further. He, I'm not looking kind of, to provoke Sagarok's ire. Marshall kind of looks around. You can keep it in your office. <laughs> he raises a hand. Oh, I do hope it's actually a rather impressive beast if we find it. Something that actually looks great when you mount it. It'd be spectacular for exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think it's a beast. I'm. Um, we might be chasing a white whale. I'd be chasing a white whale. And then rising up from her seat, the fortunate cave scream stands. Well. <laughs> I got to say. Certainly seems like my turns are coming here, so I guess I'll just step in and uh, say I got nothing. You're on a pretty tight ship. Things the Gambler's Guild have been going great. Uh, I suppose I can offer you a respite. Some games of chance if you wish to wager some coin. Your luck might carry you a fair bit further there, Sashik, if you're looking to earn a bit more keep here. But the whims of fate are fickle. They might turn against you just as quickly. As long as I am to be tossing your coins, I do not believe I have anything to worry about. <laughs> Can have my coins if you win them, perhaps. <laughs> but that said, yeah, I ain't got much. The whims of fortune. It's the Hall of the Gambler's Guild, and as you could probably imagine, equal parts of casino. The splendor of which I imagine will dwarf anything you find on the surface. I, ha, I get it. I'll it's see a what joke. You yeah, because you're a dwarf. You're welcome to come by, unwind. I'll even get you a few drinks on the house, but I'm afraid there's not much more I can give you. Well, I could certainly uh, use a couple of drinks for the nice lass on you, like you on my arms, that's for sure. I'd be careful with this one. <laughs> when he says a few drinks, he means an entire barrel. You might want to set a limit on that. She kind of smiles. I think my price is a fair bit higher than you can afford. Unless you're far luckier than I imagine. Oh, you have no idea. He just does the whole, like, eyebrow thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think whether or not but he she's, she's, gets lucky is rather more up to you than it is to him. <laughs> he does seem to be amused. She doesn't seem to any, any amount offended by this. Uh, a smile on her face. Uh, perhaps we've wait, we've to see then. But uh, unlike Commander Bronzebeard, my ship's been sailing fine. And Bronzebeard just kind of grimaces. Lies have been lost, lass. It's a bit callous. Potentially lost. They ain't come back yet. Yeah, point. That is actually yeah. a good point. You do not know they are dead. They could have been captured by Scarlet Trade. Yeah, with all the Force stories it. and everything that's been going awry with all of your guilds, I feel it's entirely possible there's some mess behind the scenes here pulling puppet strings. And you may very well find your, uh, your fine fisherman, Commander. But, aye, if you don't, terrible loss. That'd be true. But, you can't bet on the worst fate. Go poor doing that. Broke even. I mean, not to be overly suspicious or anything, but if 
I was the Scarlet Triad, I would purposefully leave one of you untouched to garner suspicion from all the other members of the council. And uh, at that, mm. without a perception check, <laughs> you can you can kind of see and I'll look the at commander the... sort of grimace already. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll look at him kind of this, purposefully. This is a council, again, of ten at the moment, seven independent regions of their independent guilds, and it is clear they are not all the best friends. <laughs> they don't have their morning ritual. They lock arms and skip around in a circle, singing their merry dwarven drinking songs. Like and uh, both the commander... This isn't Snow White. The commander and the sentinel both pretty clearly have a bit of a reaction to that. And a uh, fortunate case, Scream kind of puts a hand up. Oi! Won't be the first time. But a fine regent has come trying to pin their woes on the Gambler's Guild, only to find they misplaced their own drink coasters, so to speak. But, no, I have no real troubles to bring forth, and unfortunately, nothing I can tell you about any of these goings-on that the rest of the fine regents have presented here. But if you're interested in drink and losing your coin, possibly even winning it, Whims of Fortune's got her doors open to you. Ataz is very lucky. He likes to gamble. You let rats gamble, rat. Well, there's only one thing I want to win. A good drink. Maybe, you know, a hand for the evening. Boy. Just a hand. Just a, he, he's got a, got a thing for hand holding. Just take the hand off. <laughs> he's a very simple no one, romantic. No one held his hands as a child. So is that what happened to Valia? He crushed it any time oh, tried. Stop. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh. You can't do her like that. Valia was a very valuable asset. Quite handy. Uh, but as she sits, <laughs> Forge Master Thunderflare rises back up. Uh, and by my track, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I am actually pretty sure everybody else has spoken. Yep. Uh, we've got six. Six that have spoken with the fortunate. Forge Master rises. Aye. And the Anvilar skill has come upon its own. Strange troubles. That's, truth be told, seem far more uh well they don't seem to have any grand underlying tries or ties here no lives are at stake no missing boats of fishermen no thefts from the vaults of the regents but it's a matter that has also arisen somewhat recently something that's been arising over maybe 24 days but is becoming more and more prevalent within the last three or four I've been getting report after the reports now. Accusations from merchants both within Kavlar and just traveling through of merchandise coming out from the Anvilers Guild of being shoddy make. Hmm. Fragile. Bad welds and forges. Visible blows from the hammer's bite. Well, not so much that last one, I suppose. Uh, most of the accusations have been well of the work itself of its fortitude of its true nature it has truly been a, a large amount of false welds and fragile seams bra uh, blades fracturing and losing their edge bites uh, uh, when first they bite even against a training dummy them ended up with a toothed maw of jagged chips are missing hmm this is 
Of course, a problem to the Angler's Guild is well, this is our business. Origin fine craft and weapons make. But, frankly, for so many complaints to be registered, this is an insult. We don't let our apprentices become fully-fledged members of the guild until they've passed rigorous forging exams. We try them on all manner of craft, making sure that in any situation, whatever they forge, it's up to a very high standard that we hold them to. And it's rare for us to have a, a year on the surface with more than a single complaint or a single mistake. Something gone awry, something amiss. Usually just a bit of a bubble exposing or one bit of a weakened seam that's still held through, but not as hard as perhaps it should. But this... This is sword blades snap in half. Hammerheads flying from their hafts. Unheard of failures in crafts from a variety of our merchants and our artisans. Hmm. Have you been able to confirm the authenticity of these claims? Why? <laughs> Fortunately, that's easily done as merchants are right quick to bring defective merchandise back to the guild. Huh. It sounds like systematic sabotage. Well, it's unlikely that I think that all of a sudden all of your craftsmen have become bad at their jobs. Uh, more than likely, I'd think uh, it might be a materials issue. Or equipment. Perhaps, but I've inspected, uh, and I personally expect, inspect, large shipments of metals, stone, and goods that we have coming in or just for processing to the Antlers Guild. That we, before anything's handed off to the artisans, it's thoroughly vetted for quality and purity. Also, maybe, perhaps it could be someone switching and taking the good forge stuff and replacing it with shoddy, shoddy equipment. All our artisans have a personal sigil, a seal, forged upon the haft or the knock of anything they create. All these weapons that have come back have the, the seals of various artisans. But that's easy enough to fake. I was I, through. But well, you'd need an old, you'd need to have well, a separate industry of forging bad equipment <laughs> to go well, and make it up. I could say one thing from one weapon crafter to another. It's gonna take more than a seal. And even you're just one person. You can't observe how many apprentices do you have? Uh, dozens. Uh, apprentices. Dozens at any given time. Exactly. So Work out of their masters, honing their craft. So what I suggest is when we have the uh, appropriate time to do so, I will volunteer as an extra pair of eyes and ears among the apprentices and inspect their work and see if maybe I notice anything that is uh, changing of quality or attitude. Well, I appreciate the offer. I imagine it's coming from a good place. No, but no. the insinuation that our forge masters and those at the Anvilers Guild have already sanctioned to produce our works are letting their apprentices hand failures or work some subterfuge with the Anvilers Guild itself is almost ridiculous, bordering on insulting. I don't mean, obviously, but I mean no offense. I didn't mean to imply that at I all. I do understand. But if you wish to inspect some of this merchandise, we have it in the House of Oaths. It's our house of law and uh, the main body of uh, simple day-to-day -day governmental business in Kovler. I'm much more concerned with less obvious sabotage. I would very much like to have a look at some of your work from before this period of time to compare it after 
to see if there are any very subtle differences that the naked eye may not pick up on. It ain't like every one of the things we craft going out's come back defective. It's too many. Exactly. We've had five in the last three Forge Nights, I believe. Hmm. It's unlucky beyond what chance would predict. And if things have been meddled with, it's possible they've been meddled with in ways that would not be obvious to a crafter, but might be obvious to a mage. Perhaps. And additionally, Marshall, you're not wholly wrong. I'm very close to this issue, of course. It's against my guild itself. And it's difficult to be objective. No, I, I If you wish to come inspect some of this merchandise that's been refer, uh, returned, as I said, it's in the House of Us, the Temple of Colts. Okay. I'd appreciate eyes from outside Cobbler taking a look and seeing if you can discover what's truly amiss. We'll do our best for sure. Well, if no one disagrees, I think the most emergent item on the list is the missing person. Aye. Aye. And I'm inclined to agree. While I'd like to share Fortunate Cave Scream's belief that the boat of fishermen uh, may still draw breath and possibly could be returned, that was some forage days ago. And frankly, most of the other outside of the Blue Crab Lake, any other shores that may have, they're unsettled. They are raw natural caverns and... Well, they bear, they bear the dangers of such. It's entirely possible that it truly was no foul play at all. They just ran afoul of something much akin to what you did, purple worm perhaps. Mm. Though they tend to stray far from water. At least large bodies such as this, as they flood their tunnels. Well, in the long run, all we really need is an afternoon, and then we could probably figure out something. And uh, the sentinel stands back up. And, uh, of course, as uh, I have taken, well, this disappearance of Talos quite personally, and I would like to see at least one life saved, if at all possible. So would we. I'll, of course, age as I can, but beyond the resources of the Council of Regents here, there's not much information I could give you that wouldn't be better heard from the wife, Olga. We said you were staying at the Gold Sky, the Gold Sky Inn. It's a simple return back to, well, your home away from home as it is. And I'll send one of my disciples along with you to introduce you to Ogle Proper. It's very kind of you. Yeah. We we might want to rest and recuperate at least for a little bit so that we can actually use some of our resources when we do this. If we go now, we're not going to be very much use to anyone. Agreed. I'm still a little uh, banged up. There's nothing wrong with at least speaking with her while we're there. At least being introduced. It does seem wise. I know that you came here seeking your own issues, uh, Forge Master. Again, continues. But, clearly, you battled your way out from this strange portal ears, made your way into Kovler, and even with a few hours of rest, you found yourselves before the council pleading your case. Uh, an event I imagine that takes about as much out of here as fighting with a purple worm in a, in a tunnel. Oh. <laughs> I'm certainly just looking at the dress that you put me in. <laughs> you look lovely. Stop complaining. May not take quite the same physical toll, but frankly, if I may, y'all look exhausted. 
You're not far from correct. I know your time is far from ours, and if you go rest now, you may awake in the midst of the forge night. So, do as you see fit. If there's threads you wish to follow, uh, there are some you could pursue during the night. Uh, while, of course, Olga, myself, and the, the Gold Hand, or any of the other regions, are probably going to be resting. The inevitable in the vaults below never sleeps. Or the boats on the lake. Hmm. Right. Well, I guess we should be off then. And the, uh, the, the Adorn stands up. And I would just like to once more plead my case. I know that I've given you very little information. But one life is a drop in the lake. Compared to the lives of every man, woman and child here in Kofler. With you, what you've seen in Sagarok, I do believe that what I might have discovered could save all of that. I would be more than willing to lay a night's rest if you wish to come with, meet with me at any time. I'll station a page in the doors of the Guild of Finery and they'll fetch me if you need. Any hour. As soon as we awaken, we will visit you. We'll bring muffins. I'm afraid I'm unfamiliar. It oh. is a nice little... It's like a biscuit, but soft. I, I explain in Dwarvish <laughs> what it is to them. They don't have, like, I mean, they can't grow rain down here. So, uh, yeah, any it's kind of... The closest of, thing I can explain in... Yeah, any, any kind <laughs> of breads that they have are going to be things that are imported from traveling merchants, and you're unlikely to find anything uh, in that vein anywhere outside of the traveler's quarter with the inns that are more angled towards travelers like yourselves. Uh, I brought some from Jill's. <clears throat> you also have the magic bag. Yeah, yep. the, the magic halfling. Yeah, oh, it's it's tarts. We have tarts. It does have tarts. The magic halfling sack, bringing the glory of the halflings down to the dark, sad, muffinless cities. Of the <laughs> <laughs> they don't have cake so, in here. They don't have cake. I don't have cake. So as we're about to depart, I go to the forge master, you know, form, you know, thing. That's the dwarven okay. tradition. She would take you uh, across the table as well. Now then, we'll see you soon. I'll see personally to arrange in what assistance that we can provide to you. Uh, we can't take you into the vaults, but when you do stop by down below uh, to speak with this Kolyarat, with Zeganonar, uh, I'll travel with you if you come during the day. And I will see what I can fetch to Asia, what I can draw from the vault itself. Uh, the regents have voted to true and clear voice put our trust in you and with that you'll bear our arms as well awesome. very kind of you we'll be sure to stop by before heading out on the lake let's please take the opportunities to rest you'll do no help to anyone if there is some subterfuge afoot if this triad is working some major conspiracy throughout our good city you'll do no good disappearing like a boat, like the last boat of fishermen on the lake. Prepare yourselves as you can. Ready as you will. And we trust you'll do your best to aid us. And uh, with that, she reaches onto the table, taking the uh, small gavel that's set in front of each of them and tapping across the wood. Council of Regents is adjourned. Thank you, each of the guild masters, for joining. And in your ear and in your voice this day. Return to your business. Return to your people. 
return to your halls. And everyone then uh, quickly begins to move to gather their things, uh, largely silently, uh, as they all, again, uh, with the group of you. It's not really a... It's a strangely informal procession. It's nothing like what would happen on the surface where I mean, you, like, intro, like imagine a, a human court. You introduce the judge and they come in and everyone rises and whatever. Everyone just kind of, you know, gets up, gets their things, and heads <clears> out of the hall. It's, out of the same door. Out of the same door, yeah. yeah out of the, I think it's a large, like, double door, but out of, out of the same doorway, even, that leads into this council chamber. It's all very informal and it's all very, uh, very sort of simplified. As the gavel bangs, Severin will all of a sudden wake up on my on my shoulder and go, what, 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 what did I miss? What, we're, we're awake? We're, we're still here. Oh. <sighs> oh. Well, we start heading back to the All the dwarves are gone. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Mr. Severn. I, I fell asleep during parts of that, too. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I I got very bored. <laughs> Bird cares not for the politics of the dwarven city of Codler. Bird wants snack. Bird hungry. So you two, I imagine, head out from the Hall of Regents here. Uh, heading first back out into the streets of Kovler. Uh, the Regents Hall. Meeting you. I would like to cast Fine Bed. Right out here. So the Regents Hall is this, like, turtle-shaped building here. It looks like a turtle. Am I it insane? Does look it looks like a turtle, turtle. actually. I've been calling yeah, it the turtle building the entire time I've been doing turtle. preparation. I've called the Regents Hall the turtle building. Oh, it um, is turtles all the way down. Can't even be mad. It was actually a pretty yeah, good one. Yeah, I can't yeah, really yeah. slam it for that one, I guess. Anyway. But, but as you come out, uh, again, you can see the seals of the ten guilds of Kovler, uh, as you did before you entered, but now having faces, names, and professions to match to each of these insignias, whereas they had just been oddly symbolic, some almost even impartial before you'd gone in. Uh, you would be traveling if you're going right back to the uh, the House of Gold, uh, the Gold Sky Inn, rather, uh, right down this major road, past these two towers and the clock tower here in the center of town. So, because Roisin very much likes being able to take her full stride, before I go back down, I'd like to change back into the arming doublet, preferably the armor, too, <laughs> before I go out the door. You don't want to, like, wiggle your way back? I mean, as much as I enjoy ambulating by keeping my knees close together, it is a little awkward, You, you know, so. you can just take the shoes off, and then you'll be fine. No, the just, dress comes very narrow down by the knees. It doesn't work that way. That's just do like not... a little bit of a crouch and rotate your legs as you go. And you'll go a little faster. That's so shimmy. armor shimmy. and arming doublet back on. I do think it's hilarious that you you need to switch back into your armor <laughs> to be able to move better. My plate is far your more plate, maneuverable. Your literal full plate, right? <laughs> you wear your full plate? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, your actual full plate like, freaking knight... <laughs> captain's gear <laughs> gorget and all and it's easier than the dress i have worn a medieval corset and i can 100 percent tell you that a medieval corset inside a sheath dress is literally like trying to move while encased in a steel marshmallow oh i imagine i am i 100 percent i'm sure steel that that's that's accurate steel marshmallow so take some steel wolf flakes and put it over melted marshmallows 
and then fold it over itself. What he said. Put it in the oven, yeah. and you have a dwarven snack. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Or it a new fashion. Delicious. <laughs> it's like a marshmallow, but it also destroys your esophagus. Yes. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I guess if that. your dentist no, how they really, brush their teeth. if dentists really need <laughs> you to chew work. on it and spit it back out, dwarven <laughs> mouthwash. Yep. Takes the teeth with it too. It's great. <laughs> but as you make your way back to the town here, uh, passing by this clock tower uh, here on the main road before these twin turrets that kind of separate this area from the Traveler's District uh, down to the south. Uh, you can see that on this massive clock face, it looks like there's about six hours left in the forge day. So when you, if you do go back, and it's approaching nighttime for you now, if you do go back and head and sleep for an evening, you are going to awaken about the middle of the forge night. Um, okay. And it's, it's going to begin the weirdness that is working on a separate time schedule than the people that live here. This road continues back down, not too far into the Traveler's Quarter, before you arrive once more at the Gold Sky Inn here. And I imagine that all five of you are coming down here. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, you didn't want, you said you wanted to rest, you didn't want to talk to Olga, you didn't want a disciple mm -hmm. of the Old Faith to come I with mean, you I mean, I think it would probably be sense to at least talk no. to her. No, I'm not doing anything until I rest and prepare and have spells so that if she lies to me or does anything, I know it. She just decides that if she just casts fireball in oh. your face. Yeah, you, yeah. first no. off, I don't think you have spells that'll let you do that anyway. I, I want to make a note on the weirdness of working on a different schedule than literally everybody else. You've worked retail. Yeah, that, that's exactly what's happening I, right now. Pretty much. Well, not, not really, because if, if you're working like night shift at retail, like if you're, if you're graveyard... You are still working on a 24-hour day. You are. You are. It doesn't feel it. It does not feel like it. But you just are on like an inverted schedule. <laughs> this is an off-sync schedule mm. because their days are 32 hours long. That, that's how you got three and a half hours of sleep last night. But enough of that. Back to the gold sky. So like you're gonna be waking up and like it, it's gonna seem <laughs> almost it's gonna feel almost random to you because your circadian rhythms are not aligned with a dwarven 32-hour day. Roshin. I have no time. I have no energy to process anything. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to be nice to anyone. I don't want to speak to anyone. I want a nap. I want some food, and I want to not think for eight hours. Would it be terribly inconvenient if that acolyte could meet us down there to introduce us in about eight hours' time? They would be able to organize that. Thank you. That's a uh, well. Yeah. Well, the problem is they that uh. Not so much the accolade wouldn't want to do it, but uh, double check if you're sure if you really want to. Your morning is fine. Deal with this potentially grieving widow in the let's, middle of the night. No, till, we'll till wait till her morning. He recommends that you arrive in the morning. That's yeah. fair enough. Well, there'll be lots of time then. Uh, we could actually perhaps uh, handle the vault. Yes. Check with the vault, investigate. The inevitable doesn't sleep after all. That's perfect. He does not. It will also he does not sleep. He waits. Give us time to go and like talk Norris. to the Lady of Fish. Oh, that's true. We actually could talk to him at a time. Definitely, yeah, 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 I got him. Do the fish. I forgot. The fashion dude. Fashion dude. I was thinking about the gambler chick. Gambler's lady, yeah. It's like 50 50. The region's like 50 50. Region's council, rather. So, all five of you are heading back to the Gold Sky, and all five of you are Joke. immediately unconscious. I High fiving each other and going to actually, bed. Actually. Before that, <coughs> is there a bathtub I can as, fall asleep in again? As yeah. we're approaching to the end, was and there. That's why you did it. Oh, yeah, as we're approaching yeah. to the end, and we're going back to our uh, rooms and whatever, I kind of give Raz a little bit of time. I'm like, eh, I have a small favor to ask you, really quick. Uh, yeah. 
So, on my travels, I know bards have some type of uh, uh, spell or something that can allow me to, you know, retrain myself in my sleep. You think you can help me out with that? I feel like I need to change my battle tactics for what we're about to face. Huh? What? 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 What was your question? Sorry, Mr. Roger. What? what? I just pick you up and start shaking you. I'm like, can you cast a spell so I can retrain myself in my sleep? Careful now. Don't shake the rats. It's but it's dangerous. His nose starts his bopping hand. him down. Ah, <laughs> 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 Does not face Marshall at all. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> but he does it anyway. <laughs> can you? Can we? Can, can we? Can we talk about this in, in the morning when I'm not sleep, sleeping? Sleep, sleeping. Marshall, we don't have the resources to do anything for you right now. Hey, the most of my magic I can do. Precipitation, you heal. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Clap. Tune on. Clap. Tune off. You just. Carefully puts them down, and you just with like the whole squeaky toy noise and everything. <laughs> Raz has a low battery noise. <laughs> oh. Come on, Raz, you can uh, stay Fine, we'll do again. it later. Sorry but to bug you. To answer your question, yes. Okay, that's all I need to know. We'll do it later then. Till then. Well, very and, commonly known bardic magic. Everyone knows about the magical dreaming retraining potential spell. It's very common magic in Galarian, apparently. It's on a traveling mercenary. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, it's just your daily business. You're like, hey, I need a bard for the dreaming retraining magic, please. <laughs> uh, party of one? Party of one. <laughs> just this <laughs> part. You just walk in, you're like, I'd like, uh, I need uh, two of us, it's, me and my friend, for the dreaming retaining retraining magic, please. It's a cafe. It's the dream cafe. The dream cafe. You come in, get a nice cup of tea, and then you go. <laughs> you go your Desmond Bards? Yeah. Yeah, play I mean, some nice it's uh, soft heart music until you fall asleep, and then you get to I'm like a mercenary. What do you expect? I, I don't with everything. I would like to request that nightmare where I wake up in the middle of the classroom in the morning naked. Oh, that package Why? Why? Extra. I want that because I'd like to like you know relive my childhood and get rid of that fear. I want to internalize that fear. Exposure some therapy. Are Smart. Come on, Raz. You can come <laughs> sleep in our room again. Okay. Do we we really just live in an unused bed? Because we have the, the 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 guy's chamber has got Marshall sprawl on a bed and Trishik sleeps in the freaking bathtub. There's an empty bed and then three of you sharing the other two beds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Oh no, the empty bed's not empty. That's that's where Big Red sleeps. He needs his rest. <laughs> that would not shock he's got me. A little, I'm sorry. That bed's for the battle axe. It's occupied. Bed. <laughs> the other what about he's the got his own little mobile setup, just playing a little twinkle twinkle little star. <laughs> It just has tiny daggers hanging, like yeah. tiny daggers hanging from it as it goes around. And and the two familiars kind of snuggle up next to Raz, where Severin kind of has his his beak slightly around the mouse's tail, kind yeah. of like. Mataz is not sleeping next to Severin, I don't think. Oh, Raz is curled up in one of their two beds. He's curled up inside of Raz, like inside of Raz's arms, and Severin's probably just. He's hey. in your hat. Arm over wing. wing yeah. Over he, he's face. just kind of staring on Shlali. Hey. How's it going? <laughs> no, he's not that guy. He's not a Family Guy character. So, everybody rests for what on the surface would be the night. All of you getting a full night's sleep. And as part of the offer that have been organized for you, the High Physic uh, would send several of his most proficient and uh, highest pedigree uh, physics down to the Gold Sky Inn to meet you. They would arrive a little after you did, but you're a mixed amount of still relatively wounded. 
uh, and they would help with that. So while you rest here in the Gold Sky Inn in Kovler, while these physics uh, and the physics guild is assisting you, you're going to heal twice as much from a night's sleep than you would normally. Mm. We get massages mm. You get 24 in health sleep. instead of 12. Yeah. Yeah. So. We get therapeutic massages with well, special you guys oils. You have got some pretty significant wounds. I do, yes. It's probably more than therapeutic massages. I mean, if, you, if you're if you're fine, if you're they're not really doing anything. They're just like they watching. They just see me in the top, there. and they're like, okay. They're attempting to tend to Marshall's incredibly severe wounds from the purple worm and the gugs and everything that has everything just almost big. disemboweled him repeatedly. I actually saved all of my healing for them and did not heal a single one of my hit points during that entire encounter. So also probably tending to you then. So how much would I heal for them? Uh, what's your con? It's a plus four. Plus four, so you get 48 normally, so you'd get 96. Okay, math time. Is there's that no not, way there's that doesn't no way you're not at full. You you're full. There's no there's way no 96 way. doesn't put you to full. I was full. at 88. It doesn't put him to full. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow, he was an injured little Did lad. Did you factor in the entire day of rest that we also took? That from? was after. Okay. Because that was 40. He was at 40 originally. He was yeah. almost dead. He well, was almost dead, dead, actually. He was yeah, like in the teens. almost missing an arm, actually. Yeah, he was in the teens. Wow, okay, so even after an entire night's treatment from mm -hmm. the best the Physic Guild has to offer, you are actually still not at perfect health. Uh, does anybody yet. have any lingering debilitations? I can't. Hold remember. on, let's see. Um, no, my iron feeble right? fell off. Your enfeebled is gone. Yeah, if you were wounded, okay. the physics would definitely actually. take care of that as well. You wouldn't be wounded anymore. I'm I think sad. you already dealt with all the wounded stacks that people had. Yeah, I, I wasn't wounded. Well, I just no. Actually, help. I am at full health now. now there you go. About okay. it, I just need hit points. Way more. How much? What is your max health? Uh, two twenty-six before rage. Before rage. Well, then when I you, rage, it's two forty something. Well, if you were below a hundred, then ninety six wouldn't get you to full, right? Not here at eighty eight now. Yeah, you'd be at. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. I can't math today. One eighty two. I don't want to do math. Yeah, you're right. That's close up. enough. I'll That's do one eighty two. That's close enough. Say like one eighty. I'm a lot yeah. better though. <laughs> I could get a calculator, but you're vaguely in that general vicinity. It's one eighty four because it's going to be more lower because ninety six. Um. Common core. So, yeah, 184 is exactly be it. I was right. 184, okay. So, you Close would awaken. Enough. 19 intelligence. 3 intelligence. It's <laughs> the hard part, right? Math. That's why we get to role play. You get to role play a character with the big brain. So, with con of plus one, I would get. 12. 24 with a double. <coughs> Good. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's con times level, is what you recover when you're resting. Okay. And then this is just another double on top of that. So, if I was at 76. Bring me up to 100, which is pretty, exactly pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So nice. you're actually not a full health either. Hmm? Are you not, you're not a full health either. Then. I'm missing four hit points, but I'll wake up and eat a tart and be fine. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah. basically fine. You would awaken naturally your, uh, your body's bringing you about to what would be the normal daytime on the surface to what would almost be an apparent night in Cobbler. Um, the Gold Sky Inn prides itself on its appearances and its uh, conveniences and one of those uh, one of the things uh, is the windows that look out to the north over the city of Cobbler because it is a pretty interesting and it's a pretty sprawling and magnificent view uh, even if you are not a dwarf to really be familiar with the architecture it's still just impressive what they've constructed here in an actual cave but as you awaken the lights of Cobbler are all but gone during the forge night, the lamps illuminating the roads and the outside of businesses, the light is always a fair bit brighter in the traveler's quarter, 
uh, just because this is a place for merchants and travelers who are not dwarves with dark vision. Uh, and that's still a little true, but all the roads of side lighting and everything, even throughout here, has been extinguished. And there is just a subtle glow from forges that are still lit, uh, that are powered by these channels of magma that run throughout the city. Hearths lit inside various inns or buildings. But it's all just sort of ambient, incidental glow. And the town itself is very, very dim. Uh, meaning those of you without dark vision could probably barely even see to the wall on the north end of Cobbler, which realistically is not that far away for how large of a wall it is with how low the Forge Knight's light levels are. Do we need a light source to be able to not walk into things? No, it's not that dark. Okay. Um, I mean, if you wanted to bring a light source, it would probably I be mean, a little more pleasant. I mean, I have light. We're, we're fine. Well, I mean, also, like, there very well might be people sleeping and yeah, but, but no, it's, go through your it's, windows. It's still visible. Like, around you, you can still see perfectly fine. You're not going to be bumbling into things. Uh, but it is definitely pretty dark. It's maybe like a, a little less than a full moon at night. A good bit less than a good full moon at night. Okay, you can walk. Yeah, you can walk. You can walk around. You can see. It's okay. just it's not light right. by any means. Uh, certainly not uh, compared to what it was before when all the road lamps are lit. Okay, well, Roshin's got low light vision, so she's probably not bothered. With low light vision, you're probably fine. Yeah, yeah you're, you're totally okay. Uh... Do you have low light? Goggles. Goggles. It is a new day. You can use the goggles immediately. I have <laughs> if you want to use the goggles immediately. Will they last like five minutes, ten minutes? Hour. An hour. That's not terrible. Well, with the new morning, what is it that you are doing? Uh, a lot of the amenities within the Traveler's Quarter of Cobbler are still available. Not a lot, but some. As Again, it's things like the Gold Sky Inn, a lot of these establishments, are meant to tend to travelers. But no bakers. Um, so there are, there are no any bakers during the day either. I know. So they do have like they do have a night staff. They do have retainers uh, that work through the forge. They got their dwarven graveyard shifters. Uh, four sods. Many of the travelers' quarters, bars, and taverns, and even restaurants are still open. Uh, things that would provide food and drink and amenities to continue living, uh, while near everything else, save for a couple of small general shops, are closed. I'm fine with just. Popping a couple, popping a tart and chewing on some rations. I don't eat a full meal. I'd really like to go talk to the uh, the the really nice fancy guy since he decided to stay awake for us, and I'd like to not keep. Well, him. he's not staying awake. Yeah. He's making a page stay awake <laughs> that will come get him <laughs> if you go to the Guild of Finery. Well, why don't we actually just not wake him up in the middle of the night? Perhaps he just has to get up a little bit early. We can actually go ahead and talk to the Inevitable first, since it oh, doesn't sleep. okay. And he could perhaps give us some information. Sure. Okay. So uh, all of us are heading back out to the Hall of Regents? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was hoping to stop in for the bar, but okay. <laughs> I mean, nobody's stopping if you want to go to the bar. Oh, right? in that case. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bye, Marshall. Go talk to a living computer. We'll see you later. <laughs> I don't think Marshall's gonna help. Necessarily gonna add anything to this conversation. Oh, don't sell him shards. Oh, he, he did a good, great job at the Regents. He's with the really dwarves. good. He's a really good craft checker. <laughs> great craft checker. He's the crafty. What else craft. do you need in a dwarven city? I'm also the potato master. Also the potato master. I don't think the Neville's gonna care so much about that. I don't think they eat. I think they just kind of are. <laughs> Very heraldish of them. Very heraldish, yes. Yeah. I think it was inevitable. Much less terrifying, perhaps, on the surface. But not as good conversationalists. Much less, less of an existential horror. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, if you if you want to go to a bar, if you don't want to go talk as inevitable about the vault staff, that, that I mean, you can't there's do. not real. I don't think there's too much I can provide, in all honesty. However, I feel like 
I'm pretty sure I saw a to-go bar. You can get a get a get a L to go. Uh, fine. I just walk in, throw some coins on the counter, pick up a mug, and just walk out. I I don't. <laughs> I think that's an open container. We're no. dwarves. Wait, wait, dwarves. <laughs> There's no way that's illegal here. Come on. I'm literally looking. I, I'm literally thinking. Oh, no, I'm going. Really? Wait, wait, really? wait, Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. Put a cap on there. Pull out a little wooden straw. Shove it in there. You don't want to spill any. Oh, it's a silly straw. I like it. I love it. Marshall's morning routine. Ale! Alright, let's go. It's 9 a.m. Ale! Boy. It's some people's coffee. That's fair. Breakfast beer. As the group of you head back up to the northern of town through the dim lights of Hearts and Forges, uh, enough ambient lighting cobbler again to be visible, but still relatively dark. Right back to the turtle building that is the House of Regents to go uh, speak with the Kolyarot in the vaults. That's a good time to take our midstream break yes. as we journey back across the town once more. I keep thinking... So, you're thinking what? He, I keep thinking he's a Kohlrabi because, you know, like that vegetable, like, kind of sounds like you're saying that. What? you never heard of a Kohlrabi? No. No. Oh, no. Anyway. I've heard of a broccoli. Oh. I don't know what a colati is. Thank you. Yeah, you work so in a it looks like store. it looks like broccoletti. It looks like baby broccoli, but a cauliflower. So it's baby cauliflower. Yeah. I feel like that would have been easier. No, 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 no. Because bro- broccoletti is different from regular broccoli. But anyway, we'll be back. We'll be back in a couple of minutes, everybody. As you can see, the desperate need to pee has grown within us over the last few Rats hours. Absolutely sprinting <laughs> to the bathroom. The man is about to die. Uh, Thanks, before we go, as always, to our partners over at Sirenscape for the uh, soundboards that we have going on here. Just the ambient sounds of Cobbler, the banging of the gavel, the bong of the clock tower. And I really do think the sound effects add a, a good degree of immersion. It makes me pretty happy, but I also had to pee very badly. So we're Welcome back. Greatest meme race ever. Everybody, Goblin is a state of mind. It is a state true. of mind. It's a state of being. True. I remember the first Goblin one-shot we did. We don't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) And the freaking snake that lived under the table. Everything goes wrong. That's what that should have been called. That was a Pathfinder Society scenario. Um, We just really messed it up. There was the Mosquito Witch, I believe, Mm -hmm. is what it was. Yep. Slightly reflavored. And... uh, you literally failed every check for the entire adventure. It was amazing. It was unlikely. You failed every single check and then died. Like it was. It was... We made that's everything what a band... somehow worse. That's what a band of goblin adventurers should do. That is, I mean, it, it is on brand for a team of goblin heroes, level one goblin heroes. You failed. It's not. I'm not kidding. Literally every check in the uh, in the material and then died. <laughs> I'm sorry. My favorite is still all of us looking for a door and none of us rolling seek. None of us actually looked for the door. Oh, yeah. We somehow managed to do everything. Oh yeah. In the in the game, Jasper's game day one shot. You know, you're trying to find a hidden door and literally nobody tried to roll perception for it. You guys tried to like find footsteps and hide from it and think like if I was a hiding door, where would I hide? That was pretty good. I mean, then we ate our weapons. <sighs> It was pretty goblins. Anyway. <laughs> Back to the party that survived level one. <laughs> well, barely. Is, is it? <laughs> barely. Back to the character that survived level one. What? I guess the party survived. What party do we have here that survived level one? I we mean, resume. I said level one, not Mwangi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
We were talking about we not got hell. It's not very similar. <laughs> as we Level left one, Wongi, what's the difference? As we left off, uh, we were traveling through the Forge Night back up to the Hall of Regents to go meet with the Inevitable. Now, uh, the Regents Hall is not closed during the evening. Uh, it is still there. They Because there is a lot of, again, merchantry that happens at the surface, uh, not even all the Dwarven Kingdoms still adhere to the Forge Days. Many of them have transitioned over to a more traditional 24-hour day uh, in order to facilitate a lot of their contacts and connections that go now far beyond the Five Kings Mountains. Uh, and so for these reasons, there is still a couple of secretaries and pages and just clerical workers at the Regents Hall during the Forge Night. Again, working the graveyard shift. Cultural crossover. It's oh, a thing. Yep, it's magic. So as you come inside... Uh, you would be, obviously at this point, those that work within the Regents Hall had already been informed of the group of your presence. You're not exactly hard to identify. Um, you have a bald dwarf, a, la a lady with heterochromia and full plate, a rat, a lizard, and an elf. Like half. It's, well, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. The better half. You are, you are a very distinctive party. Uh, so this is the... Page inside does immediately, obviously, recognize who you are. Oh, oh. welcome in. Pleasant evening to you. There's something else we could help you with. Anything needed for your uh, investigations? Forge Master Thunderflare says that any information here in the Regents Hall or anything you need fetched is goes to Bruce. Uh, we're here to go and uh, meet with Zegdanhar, asking about the missing items. Oh, and of course, letting you down into the Regents Vault as well. And, uh, he stands up and gestures towards the hallway. Uh, right this way, then. And leads you down to a staircase that's uh, fairly large. The, the door immediately into the stairwell itself that goes down to the basements beneath the Regent's Hall is locked. And the scribe pulls a key off of his belt, unlocks the door, and opens it before leading the rest of you through. Uh, the stairwell is fairly wide and wide enough, and it's uh, fairly impressive. It's more well lit than the outside of the area, but simple. Carved stones leading down to the depths below. At the bottom, though, at the bottom landing, the area opens up a bit into almost uh, an incredibly ornate office. Uh, an office that has quite a few massive racks of filing cabinets down one wall. Uh, with the uh, actual pullable drawers and all that do seem to be dated to the Dwarven calendar. And this tracks back, looking at the dates, to possibly when Sagarok was even still a city. Uh, they are meticulous here. <laughs> and the notation they have is absolutely everything. Hmm. The door across from you uh, is framed in a massive setting of carved stone to look like ridged columns all around it. And flanked with a pair of facades of dwarven statues. One standing with a massive hammer held up in front of him, much like the Forge Master had, uh, but his mallet much larger than her small, uh, relatively small flat-headed smithing hammer, uh, with a head very ornate, flanged at both ends to massive faces and inscribed with a strange signal in the front of it. On the other side, a dwarven woman holding in front of her what almost looks sort of like a more angular eye of a rodent, like something you would see in Absalom, something you would see anywhere that the old god was still worshipped or had once had uh, buildings or 
art commemorated to. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but much, almost more of a, a rhomboid shape with the eye inside of it. Uh, almost seeming to slant off on two opposite ends. Standing before the door between these statues is a... Skeletor. Being. You know, Skeletor is not horribly off, really. Thank you, Windows, again, for what a Collierut looks like. That's. I was getting more of a Doctor Doom vibe. Yeah. yeah. Doctor yeah, Doom. Dr. Doom yes. Much more accurate. Doctor Doom. It does look like. Yeah, it looks oh like that God, too. Oh my God! Yes. It does. It's got the face. It's a cryptarch. It doesn't even look like it's a living being. Uh, the creature standing before you, probably about seven feet tall, so a little taller than most of you. I think a little shorter than. A little, a little. Better You're technically about my actually. height. Actually. About Trishik's height if you were to stand up straight, which I don't think he does ever. No. Uh, appears to have a body that is purely mechanical, hmm. uh, to the point where at the joints of his hips and uh, at the elbows, you can actually see behind the plating that makes up much of his body actual axles, joints, bits of working pistons. Hmm. Uh, the thing looks. Almost like a clockwork robot, but like no robot that any of you would have ever seen before. There's no visible source of power or locomotion or anything that's actually driving any of these. No gears, no engines. They, they just seem to move of their own will. And along the ridge of the plates that make up his thighs, his chest, his shoulders, runes are inscribed uh, all the way down and across what looks to be a script made of incredibly complicated looking angular sigils of some kind. It almost looks like no two of them are even repeated. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, it would not be a language that anybody knows. Probably. I'm just, nobody, okay, I have to ask because it's this freaking table with a bard and resume. Nobody speaks utopian, right? It's literally called utopian. There is no way you know utopian. <laughs> He's like, hold on a minute. There's a chance. Utopian. There's a lot of really tiny words. He has a, I know this rat has about 50 languages, <laughs> so I do have to ask. No. Okay. For now. For, For now. now. And it would actually be, uh, utopian itself is a script that none of you would even recognize for what it is. Like, you can see Infernal and be like, oh, that's devil writing, I know that. Mm. Or, like, Chalaxian or Gurundi or whatever, but you have no idea. Like, Utopian just looks like runes. Okay. Looks like it might just be magical sigils of some kind. It doesn't even immediately look like its language. But this thing stands completely and utterly immobile before the door. Upright, arms at its side, I would say face devoid of emotion, but the creature does not even have a face. Uh, it's shaped almost vaguely like a human skull. A metallic, rounded upper piece that narrows kind of like a jaw, but there are no features upon it. There is no mouth or... Uh, there is some, like, small dent, almost a facsimile of a nose, but there are, sunken in, two eye sockets, two white beacons of light that just emanate out from this creature. They don't project light. They're, they're not like it's not illuminating what he's looking at or anything, but they are visibly bright. The only part of him that is anything other than just metal. Uh, this art that we have here is just the color up from the bestiary. Uh, if you're seeing it on the screen, if you're not just listening to the podcast, uh, this color does not bear any kind of a cloak or anything. Okay. He is just standing there fully like an automaton before the door. And uh, as the secretary gets you down here, 
Uh, I can assume they told you you're not getting let into the vaults proper. Uh, of course. But this is Zeg Donanar. He is the inevitable, I believe it is, tasked with watching over the vaults and hmm. its business. We'll be heading back up to lock the door, just lock we need back out. Is there another uh, door behind this that leads to the vaults, or is this the main entrance? Is the only entrance, miss. Hmm. Trishik, do you want to take a look at the door? Zegdan and Anar can handle your questions, I'm sure. Again, we can't leave the upper door unlocked for too long. Not we need let out. So hmm. actually, in your head, you're going to hear, do you want to take a look at the door while we're talking? It is likely whoever was the culprit, not only would they be recorded by this man or thing, but they were let in. I can take a look, but... Just it's likely one of the counselors was the one who stole it. That's what I think too, but I want to cover all our bases. And you'd be the most likely to catch it if it existed. I can certainly take a look. You will likely not let me touch, but I can look. Alright, let me flip back. Walkie-talkie. Walkie-talkie. By the power of walkie-talkie. <clears throat> Raz is taking a vast interest in the mysterious language on this thing's chest. He doesn't even dark like, and robotic. Even oh. as you're looking, at him, <laughs> he's just standing there. He doesn't like look down. He doesn't even acknowledge your presence. He simply stands there, still looking forward towards the stairs. The thing has not moved at all hey, since hey. you arrived down here. Excuse me. Hello. Now, as you address it, it turns its head down to you, so I get before him. You have a request. Um, what's that on your chest? It is of no bearing to your investigation. Correct. No bearing for our investigation, but mine, yes. Um, Rasheen, Mr. Rasheen, I talked. Are you getting distracted already? Look at that, though. I've never seen that kind of script before. Miss Miss Resme, have you seen that kind of script before? Moment, uh, moment. No, uh, no let's rise. see. Aeons, Aeons, Nevertheless, yes, there's protocols and all that. Uh. Zegadanahar, we have been tasked uh, with the Council of Regents to investigate the matter of the missing anti-magic rune, and have been instructed to come and query you with our investigation, in line with our investigations. I'm aware of your investigations. Oh, thank this goodness. This matter is simple and will be revolved quickly. Fortunate Cave Scream has taken the anti-magic rune from the vault. Huh. Oh. Who? Oh, that's fair enough. Uh, and you let her take it because... Did no one think to ask you who actually went and took it? I was here. She took it. She signed it from the log. As one of the members of the Regents Council, she is allowed to pass. May I see the log, please? The pages have been removed. Who removed them? That is unclear. And uh, he steps forth from the door over towards a, a <laughs> desk in front of, or on the other side of the room, rather. Uh, from these various filing cabinets, which look like they are about three quarters of the way before Cobbler is going to have to figure out how to continue finding <laughs> records and move another <laughs> filing cabinet. Um, filing cabinet of holding. Uh, take out the eye of the wise. But he, he, he takes the uh, the main book down uh, from the table uh, and just picking it up, keeping it open to the page it is, turns and holds it back out towards Rasheen. I want to grab hmm. it. Here, I'll hold it for you. Yeah. So Please do not rip the any pages. The pages have been out. been ripped out. It looks like you got to it, Raz. You've been here before. <laughs> now, as you as you look at this logbook here, 
it does look like a it's not used terribly frequently uh it's a semi-rare occasion that anything is checked into or out of the region's vault uh and it looking through it's a terribly dull document is exactly just logs and the vast majority of what is withdrawn isn't even of a magical nature i'm talking like antique tapestries pieces of art busts of ancient dwarven regions and things like that uh, occasionally some more powerful magical items scrying stones uh, strong runes for various purposes uh, sometimes things that are taken and even with purpose to be sold or loaned to other kingdoms that have been noted in the logbook that they will not be returned but notably the very last page has been torn out everything that you can see only goes up to what looks like it would be about 18 forged days ago. Everything since then was on a piece of paper that's been removed from the logbook. So I have a rubbing kit with me. Yeah. Can I use that to rub, like put it on the, the behind that page and rub to see if I get any markings off that? Like, what do you look? Oh, like that's things? clever. That's like, I put yeah. a piece of paper. The imprint, a, of the imprint of the pen. The imprint of the pen on the paper. That's what I was going to. Good, good. Okay. <laughs> Raz is prepared. Yeah. Big smart. Big smart. Okay. Um, Nin- I will. <laughs> I will let you absolutely do that. Uh, so this rubbing kit that you're gonna try and get from the back page here, um, does it take anything to use, or do you just use the, it? The rubbing kit is just—it's like a writing kit or any other right. kind of yeah. kit. I just it's have just all a the tool set. I have all the tools I need for it. Give me a crafting check. Okay. Nice. Um, for a total of a thirty-seven. Well, the thirty-seven. Uh, looking through, uh, you can see the last couple entries that have been taken. It's it's kind of hard to get a reading of because it was on the backside of the page, so it's it would be imprinted on the stack of pages that have been used. Mm. But you can see where it ends, about a third of the way down that page, and that the it was not the last entry. There were several afterwards, but a couple of Forge Nights ago... It appears a fortunate cave scream did sign out the anti-magic rune. The, this log is, in less, other than situations where the item is not to be returned, it doesn't mention purpose, just who took it. They're the, the regents. <laughs> they don't have to say why. Yeah. They just want a log to keep track of things. Hey, Raz. You find another entry in there where uh, cave scream checked something else out. Okay, I'm gonna start flipping. But wait a minute. The anti-magic rune isn't the last item on the page? No. The vault has been frequented several times since then. It is not uncommon for regents to take or return things for their various day-to-day. But... But I mean, not on the page that's been ripped out, which means several things were added to that page before it was ripped out. The anti-magic rune was to be returned the following forge day. Several other unrelated items have been withdrawn or returned since then. Which? But those items were listed on the page that's missing, right? Because it's not like an item per page. Like, it's like a log of listings. Right, exactly. So what Roisin's getting at is Fortunate didn't rip the page out. Someone had to go and add more things to it. She didn't rip it it out at that time. No, it had been used more since then, yes. Okay. But you would see that the uh, there would be, what did I say, two entries after it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, They would both be the same day. 
that the anti-magic could have been taken. Do you remember who made those entries? You could, well, you got the rubbing kit, you can see them. Uh, it would be that the Guild of Finery had taken uh, out a very, very ancient uh, bolt of what was once dwarven burial cloth, and the Guild of Faith had taken a necklace, uh, an ancient holy relic of Torag. And Each of those weren't to be returned for some time. Okay. It, it has who's taking it, what it is, when it's coming back, is what you get from the log. So, hmm. how do those, when those items were took, line up with the timeline of when the two, well, we don't know about the incident with the Guild of Finery yet, but what about with when the, of the Gacolite of Torag disappeared? I believe um, we will. We were uh, told it was a uh, two or three forged days ago. But when was and when was this item checked out? Two days ago. So it would have been. A, it was a little after that. Mm. A little after that. All right. So perhaps. If you're looking for previous entries from the fortunate, you'll have to look far. She is not frequent in this vault. The last withdrawal was well over a decade ago. Hmm. Now wait a minute. This book here is in the room with you, right? It is. At all times. At all times. Why do you not know who tore the page out? I did not see them. I'm not sure how the page was removed, but it did not catch my attention. Hmm. It is not a difficult thing to do. Can you observe magical phenomenon? I can. And beyond that, I can use my abilities to trace any item that I have laid hand on. However, my attempts to track down this missing rune have been futile, I surmise, due to the magic contained within the runestone itself. Have you tried tracking down the missing page? I do not typically handle the logbook. This is the first time in what would be living memory that outsiders have been allowed down. The regents manage it themselves. But have you ever touched the logbook? Not for many decades. If you had ever touched it, could you still find a part of it? Perhaps. You wish me to use my power to attempt to locate this page? Yes, please. He stops for a moment and kind of puts his hands in an interesting position. I'm moving it up so his fingers are arched, almost like they were steepled, but back pointed towards each other. And uh, turns his head down toward it and encants something near completely unintelligible. that barely even sounds like speech. It's just binary code one one zero one one. The page no longer <laughs> exists. Destroyed. Oh. Worth a shot at least. Wait. Would it be okay if I inspect the vault door? It will not touch it. You may inspect the door. You may even lay hands on it if you believe it pertinent to your investigation. It is near, nigh impregnable to any but the regents. Their own necklaces of office serve as the keys. Could those keys be forged? Impossible. Likely they are a. Uh, Magical in nature. Could I'll take a look at the door. Uh, so uh, roll me a perception check. Four to a four. So that is a twenty-four. Uh, twenty-four. As you look it over. I guess that's appropriate for me saying I wouldn't touch it. Okay, it is a fairly large stone door. Uh, not quite double. It is split into a double door, but it's not like two distinctive doors. So it's a door that is split down the middle uh, as a massive slab of near stark white stone. Uh, it doesn't have any visible handles or keyholes or any means of ingress whatsoever, nor even hinges, uh, save for a single impression near the center uh, at about what would be shoulder height to a dwarf. 
which looks to exactly match the shape of the amulets that you've seen each of the regions bearing at the Council of Regions. May I attempt to use a magic, not to try to cheat your system, but to see if something will work, to you see may. if it was possible? Uh, Resme will cast Prying Eye yeah. and try to send the Prying Eye through the door. Well, the Prying Eye itself is, it can't go through things. It's invisible, but it's not ephemeral, is it? I think it might be. Give me mm. a second. It's no, it's just it's, through it's, through it is an invisible right. floating beacon. Could go yeah. through a keyhole if it wasn't. Yeah, but like there's a not like yeah, it's not. And that doesn't even be big enough. Like it, it is, is an invisible object. floating eye. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's not physical. ephemeral. It's still physical. It can't yeah. like you can't throw it through walls and stuff. When, 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 which one of these books has the the fortunate's last entry? Can you can you point it to me? Would be the most recent log filed away for some time past <laughs> by the dwarven calendar fortunate cave scream last withdrew an item 12 years 3 months 7 forge nights prior it was early in the forge day Approximately two hours after the forge day itself had begun. It was an antique tapestry. Its purpose unknown. It was withdrawn for nine forge days. Returned three hours before that following forge night. If I'm, you wish to check the log to confirm, feel I'm free. I'm going to go search for the log. And anyway, as these are organized, like as they've been filled chronologically, a lot of these cabinets on the right side are empty. And it's easy to identify the last drawer. Uh, pick it up, and with his direction and some searching through this log, you do find the entry he's talking about. Uh, this inevitable here seems to have a perfect recollection of all events that it has witnessed. It would be probably pertinent to go and talk to her directly. When, when, Who was when, the when, last person to handle this book before the page went missing? That would have been Sentinel Grusk Grolbland of the Guild of Faith when he withdrew the amulet. Does he still have it? This was 2.75 hours after the anti-magic rune had been withdrawn. Do the people who took the two items afterwards still possess those items? Neither has been returned. Sentinel Grobland was the last to withdraw an item that forge day. Right, they haven't been returned, but you say you can locate the exact location of any of those items. I want to know exactly where both of those items are. I have used my ability to attempt to locate the missing page from the log. It will take me a forge day to recollect this magic to attempt to locate another item. It seems pretty straightforward. Uh, we could actually go to the... Uh, we could go ahead and go to the Game Master and actually ask her, hey, why did you, see, why did you take the rune and where is it? And we could also go to Sentinel Grobland and see if he perhaps had something to do with removing the page. I know it's going to be um, a difficult thing to do, but I want to try to compare the handwriting between the rubbing I took and her actual entry. That is going to be and incredibly difficult via the rubbing, but you can absolutely give that a try. I'm going to give um, him the eye because it actually helps with uh, discern handwriting. Yeah, what is this, what is detecting a forgery these days? Is that still just per, it's not perception? What is it to... Uh, Decipher writing. I think oh, it's, it's society. Yeah, I think it's, it's society. society to do yeah. that. Uh, so yeah, take the eye of the wise. It gives you, what is it, a plus... Plus two to plus decipher two, writing. Plus yeah. two to decipher writing. 
Uh, you are at least trained in society, right? I am a master in yeah, society. Yeah, like you're a bard. Figure. You're probably I was fine. Say it's a bard. I will so live. give me your society check to attempt to compare the writing to the rubbing. And I will I'll assist. Live. Okay. One of us should. One of us should. Can we? Yeah, I don't know there's a meaningful way you could okay, assist this, really. I don't know how you how you could. Different perspectives. That would be a total... Hmm. Of a... You know what? Raz, Go for broke. Raz, really? Raz is Raz is um. Look at you rerolling an eleven. Raz is that's, thinking that's very hard. It's all or nothing. It's either it's either. Fear level zero. Reroll an eleven. <clears throat> he I wants like to it. be he wants to be completely confident before we go accusing anyone of anything. For a natural twenty. Oh. oh. That was the kind of rerolls we like to see here. That was forty-four. Hero point into a nat twenty. So you've only got a rubbing to compare to, which is is really difficult, especially because rubbing on a page that has faint impressions from all the pages before it going the other direction. It's really hard to distinguish specifics. Uh, and on first examination, they do look to be completely identical, uh, but. As you really try your best to put these together and really look at the finer bits of details. Uh, the way the top of the N is done, the way P's are crossed, like there's just very minor bits about how the angle of these writings there's a word for these things, but I can't think of what it is for like the like the hallmarks of somebody's handwriting. Yeah. But it's escaping me at the moment. It is a very good imitation, but it is not fortunate court's handwriting. She, 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 yes. You look shady. This, <laughs> this, the rubbing, the rubbing. Her last entry isn't her handwriting. It's a forgery. It's fake. That's what I figured. She's being framed. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to accuse her of something she hasn't done. She is being very directly framed. Impossible. She's witnessed her withdrawal of the item. She Can came you, personally. Question. Regents cannot send pages for this task. Question. Not to refute you and your knowledge. You have a really good memory, sir. I commend you on that. Can you see through illusions? I... Or, or, or transformations? Or makeup? I have the ability to detect falsehoods in my presence. Did they it speak is, to you? He did not. But would you only use that active ability if you suspected something, and if you didn't suspect it, might you not have used it? It is a sense I possess as a part of my being. You need not actively perceive the room before you. I need not actively detect lies. Here's a question. You saw her actually open the vault door to go inside to retrieve this rune, did you not? Fortunate cave scream arrived, signed in the book, I stepped aside, and she pressed her regent's sin, uh, sigil into the hole on the door, opening the vault of regents. She returned approximately three and a half minutes later, sealing the door behind her, and left. So then, in that case, at least the key was real, at least if the words on this door are to be believed. Did she have her sigil on her at the meeting? 
She did, yeah. You Everyone did. All, yeah, all ten. That wasn't her sigil. That was her, like, her coin. Little... That was her icon of status. Like her oh, coin. They all, okay. They're like amulets. They're actually amulets. Oh, okay, okay. All okay. ten of them bore an identical amulet. That's right. It is possible somebody is stolen and then returned her sigil. Or, or... Perhaps we should see the fortunate and try to... This Perhaps is pick it up from there. nearly inconceivable. Or the region's sigils are also used as the keys to their main offices, both here and in the in the Hall of Oaths. A disappearing sigil would be noticed nearly immediately. Is it, is it po- possible that another member of, of the council used their, used, used their sigil? I, I pose a question for you. If I had the key, you would not let me open the door. You are not one of the regents, no. You would be denied access. It is my purpose. But if I looked as if I was one to your eyes, you would not know the difference, correct? Such a deception would require powerful magic, but theoretically it is possible. What if... All right, let me ask you this. Is there a way for you to check if there is somebody still in the vaults. Nobody is currently present in the ba- in the vaults. You possess some magic that hides you from the sight of most things. It does not hide you from mine. Here's a question then. Thinking back to the time before this most recent one when the fortunate was here and she withdrew something. Did she say anything to you? She seems like a very talkative sort. When she arrived for the tapestry, she briefly queried the location of the tapestry itself within the vaults. She was unsure in what aisle it was kept. Hmm. I answered, and she proceeded. No further words were exchanged. The tapestry is the room. No, 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 no. The tapestry is what she got before the rune. Uh, this so this was time, over a decade ago. Exactly, yes. exactly. So when she came this time, she apparently knew exactly where this rune was. It did take her three and a half minutes to retrieve the item from the vault. This is not outside of the realm of reason. The region's vaults are quite large, and locating an individual item, such as a single rune stone, could reasonably take such time. Let me ask you this. Does everyone sign the log in descending lines? If someone were to skip a line and then go back and fill in something later on a previous line, is that something you would note? The logbook is left open on the table so that I may see the entries. How I missed the removal of the page is inconceivable. Do you but know- I did not notice until it was gone. Did you note whether or not there was enough space between two entries to backfill an entry? There were no gaps left within the records. To clarify your previous answer to my question, three and a half minutes, is that enough time to canvas the entire vaults to go and look for something that you want? Or is that enough time to simply walk directly to where the rune was kept to retrieve it and come back? If you knew exactly the location of the runestone within the vault, if you bore a mind such as mine, and strode from this door to retrieve it and return, it could take slightly less than one minute. Though the vaults are expansive and large, with no knowledge of the location of that you seek, three and a half minutes would not reveal what you were after. 
Well, it took him a bit of time. They'd have to have at least known roughly where it was to be able to go and find it. So here's another follow-up question then. Um, hmm, what's the best way to go put this? Uh, considering all of the items that have been checked out previously in the book, which I have perfect memory of because you're an Aeon, you're very special like that. This rune where it was kept, which of these items are closest to that rune that someone who took that might have spied the rune while they were in there? From the log or from the vault, the rune stones are largely collected together. The anti-magic rune stone was among other powerful runes of its kind. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh, in that case, looking through the log, where you perhaps you can just tell me because you're just very helpful like that. Uh, who then was the last person to take any rune stone out? Commander Bronzebeard of the Guild of Arms. That makes sense. He frequently withdraws and returns powerful runes from the vault to aid in the day-to-day -day operations of the Guild of Arms, mm -hmm. especially with particularly troublesome problems, the Cobbler. If someone was dead, would they register as something on your, whatever your magic is, or would you not, would you register them as an item at that point? My ability is unable to detect the whereabouts of persons or creatures of any kind, whether or not they are deceased. But you wouldn't know if they were still in the vault. It sense. is theoretically possible that someone somehow is still within the vault. If you wish, you may ask one of the regents to inspect the vault on your behalf. Because but neither you nor I may pass inside. Because think about it. If you were to have killed her, and I know this is really out there, you kill her. You shrink her or find some way to put her on your person. You disguise yourself. You come through as her with her thing. He detects you. But he'd have to take over her life after that. But no. Are you suggesting that the fortunate spent an imposter this entire time? No, very All specifically. All to get this one rune out? They did not talk. They knew the nature of who they were dealing with. They simply went in, came out, signed paper. There is a simple logical foil for this. Fortunate Cave Scream herself withdraw the rune for an unknown reason. Well, I suppose it's And then Sentinel Groveland went and tore the page out under your nose without, in notice, without noticing? I do not imagine that Sentinel Grusk Groveland was able to remove the page. I can offer no information as to how the logbook was altered. Can I take a look at it? I mean, it still would be like De either on the table or Rasheen has it. Uh, like detect magic. Um, with your quick spell, you don't detect any kind of a magic on a logbook, though the room itself is very much full of several layers of magical protection, especially around the door. The logbook seems to be entirely mundane. It's a book. Perhaps we're just overthinking this. Why don't we just go to the fortunate and ask her if she has the rune? This seems like the simplest approach. If you and can if not, retrieve a confession from her, she can be arrested promptly. Then why would her name be forged? She did not take it. She is being a friend. That is why no one has targeted her. Well, certainly possible, but at that point then, we can go and move on to asking her if she can account for her for her key being active this entire time. I believe it is far more likely that Fortunate Cave Scream, for unknown reasons, made some alterations to her signature to throw off suspicion for whatever plot she has hatched. Well, if that were the case, she would have just left the page there. Or have done it a lot less Miss, I mean, if you weren't this per, you don't know him. If if, if it hadn't been him, they would have never caught it. Multiple 
times copied her signature <laughs> on another piece of paper. Fortunate Cave Scream is the guild master of the Gambler's Guild. He has built her life as a master of deceit. This does not seem implausible to me. But if, but if they wanted, but if she wanted somebody to suspect it to give her cover, why would she make it so hard to discover? That rhymed. Well, it's possible that she simply overthinks things. This I, could also be a secondary contingency in case an investigation bore fruit such as yours. Is it possible that she it's, could have come seems, in here but then been under somebody else's seems control? Seems too, 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 too easy. Just come in here, ask who has it, and then Miss Miss Cave Scream. Fair enough, but wait, 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 you wait, can't wait. be thinking that he's given us the wrong information. No, absolutely not. He's very truthful. Could I can she, tell. Could she have done could it be. under somebody else's power? That's well, possible, I suppose. But oh. in either case, we'd have to go speak with her anyway to get learn about her whereabouts and what her, she's been exposed to. We'd have to go speak with her eventually. And besides, she has given us an invitation to the gaming hall. We could actually go in there and actually meet with her, chat her up a bit, and uh, just probably flat out ask her uh, if her if her if she if if she's if she's good she won't flinch but we have some good people on our side too also i think if she is being framed i think the two most likely people to be framing her are one of the ones who came either right before or right after if you wanted to mess with the logbook if you wanted to do something and implicate somebody else you would need access to it while it was still there and the only time you could have access to it is if you were one of the two people who came right after. Well, if you would like, I could get her a bit uh, flustered before we question her. Are you going to get lizard naked? No, losing a lot of money tends to make people a bit on the edge. I thought you were going to lose your tail. I mean, I could, you know, put on uh, some dwarvish charm. (laughs) I am simply thinking if I embarrass her in her own casino, she'll not, be a little... Uh... Not talk to her. So, Trusik, my understanding is your plan is to go beat the house at its own game and then go and solve the missing rune investigation. Yes. I think Trusik just wants to make money. That's my understanding as well. Marshall's oh, oh. already out the door, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking on the door. May I ask one They're more... They're using big words, help. Let me have Hey, how you doing? Mom, come pick me up. <laughs> they got out the thesauruses, and I'm not really comfortable, please. May I ask? <laughs> oh, my God. I just caught it. Sorry. Oh, oh boy. Oh. Let me ask one more question. Your magic that detects these things, if she thought she was Cave Scream, even if she wasn't, would your magic detect that? Magic does not read minds. It simply parses words. Words. Speech. But not... Okay. We can always come back and ask more questions later if we have any. That would be wise. Pursue your leads. Investigate Fortunate Cave Scream as you need. If you require further information, return here. I will aid you as I can. All right, Um, we're going to walk out the door, and I'm going to ask you guys to wait a second. I'm going to hold up a finger, but not say anything. 
uh, I'm gonna cast invisibility on myself once we're I think we're out of his hearing, and then I'm gonna try to go back in. Well, the, not the whole stairway is visible from the clear. No, stairs. we're gonna go all to, like, the way leave. back up. Yeah. Yeah. So you knock on the door, and the scribe would come by and unlock the door again, let the group of you out. Before he closes it, I'm gonna hold up a hand and just tell him to be quiet. If you would like, I could test him. You hold up a hand, and he closes the door and relaxes it. I can't leave this door unlocked. Yeah, I know. That's a security hazard. Well, here. We we want to test just to make sure that he can see us while invisible. That is something that does not make sense. If you would please open the door for a moment, I will be right back. I, I, I don't... I do not have key to vault. I'm going to go say hello while invisible and see if he sees me. I don't know. This is something that oh, the just Council the of Regents is going to be happy about me. Dimension doing. door. <laughs> go back down there. I mean, I absolutely. I, while is, invisible. That is a solution. Go invisible. Definitely dimension do. door. So, with your <laughs> quick magic, <laughs> whoosh, whoosh, you teleport back onto the other side. And of I'm the door. invisible. And uh, you are invisible. Back down the landing. Uh, the Kolyurut is still just standing in front of the doorway, much as you had when we arrived, and. Yeah, man, as you left, he just waits. <laughs> Gonna go up, touch the door. He looks right at me. Looks right at you. Wave at him. Is there something further you require? No, we're good. Thanks. A couple seconds later. Help! Mom, come pick me up! <laughs> <laughs> We had to make sure. You didn't believe the guy who couldn't lie? I didn't know what he meant when he said it. He does seem to be fully capable of seeing his invisibility. Perfect. That was all I wanted to know. Mm. Got the magical eyeballs. He's How got about, them. Uh, as you knock, the secretary, having heard you cast Dimension Door because you've been with it, he opens the door again, and there's nothing there. I'm, I'm, vis I'm visible again. I dismissed oh. it. Oh, okay. You dismissed it. Yeah, you're standing there. There was no point. I don't imagine the Forge Master or any of the court regents are going to be very happy about this kind of nonsense. I don't imagine... Shuts the door and locks it. I don't imagine that the Forge Master or the court of regents would want us to neglect a very important detail just because you did not want to open the door again. Rasheen. Miss Rasheen. Miss Resume seems very good at makeup. Do you think she can make herself look like a dwarf? <laughs> well, very easily. She is very good at makeup, but I think you'd have... How do you lose like a head and a half of height? Oh dear. And gain it on your broad shoulders? I have magics for Crouch such and things. tuck your legs into your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Swaddle. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. I doubt good enough illusion is going to break it though. If he could see through invisibility, then he can probably see through illusion. Um, I think we should go and ask and see whether or not she can give us any enlightenment as to if she did go into the vault for something, is it possible? Oh. Oh, wow. What if she went in there believing she was actually going to get something and somebody made her see it as otherwise? So she grabbed it not knowing what she was grabbing. Her signature would not have been faked. 
more importantly, she actually wrote down in the log that she was taking the rune. But that it was from the, was but that was from the fake her, not the real her. What if the real her but actually did go in there and take and something? And a fake her at the same time? I it doesn't make any this, sense. No, this, this story makes makes no sense. You got to go back to the drawing board on it. Let's go talk to her. Well, Don't accuse her. Marshall's Let's go talk there. to her. The hypo- Marshall's already late. Marshall's oh, already Did you just walk off on the rest yeah, of the party? Yeah, Marshall got flustered. He's like, I'm just going to go talk to her myself. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think she's guilty at all. Complicated. As, <laughs> as soon as Marshall's gone, I was like, Marshall's not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's not good. I'm Even shocked. walls start falling down somewhere <laughs> in the distance. <laughs> Why are there explosions? A car comes out of nowhere. He throws it over a building. <laughs> well, as you, Marshall, as you're just making your way through Cobbler here, I mean, you're the most normal looking of the group. You're a dwarf. You just kind I'm of a very large here. dwarf. But you're a relatively large dwarf. You've become a very large dwarf. I'm like a foot taller than everybody it's here. It's a relatively large dwarf. <laughs> uh, making your way through the street, there's not no activity going on in yeah. Cobbler at night. Um, do you know where you're going? I mean, I would presume they told us roughly where towards the sound of the whims, I guess, yeah, the, the, the fortune probably would have yeah, certainly would have shared. I'm pretty the, sure they mentioned The whims of fortune is still on this main road, actually the same as the Gold Sky Inn, but a fair bit further. Uh, the casino itself almost being <laughs> the southernmost building okay. in all of Cobbler. So you're making your way back, <laughs> waddling through the streets, <laughs> back to the Traveler's Quarter, back through almost the entirety of the actual place. Um, <laughs> so... As soon as I notice Marshall gone rash, just drops to all four and starts running down the street after him. Oh, there he goes. Before, before he does something. They actually just, you're all just pounding off after Marshall here. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> not running. Not really, I'm in no rush. Rash just seems like he's in a I'm in a big rush. rush. <laughs> I don't want Marshall to do anything stupid. So you'd, you'd catch uh, up. You'd catch up with Marshall probably back here before oh, he even got to the clock. Glad you here. finally joined the party. You you left the, the party. Well, I got tired of waiting, so I figured I'd get some business done. We, we were doing business. Yeah, but you're doing a lot of yak, 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 and I'm a man of action, if you haven't noticed. Uh, talking's in action. <sighs> I'm just going to get straight to it. And the group of you make it down past the door, and all the way down here uh, to this L-shaped building, again, at the very southern mm. end of Cobbler. A good ways and several crossroads past we were previously. Um... The building itself is, honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, it is both casino and the main guild hall of the Gambler's Guild. So the front door itself, the actual rumbling. Oh, I thought that was like something back my computer was going crazy. Yeah, didgeridoo. Yeah, did you know that's a dwarf's favorite instrument? <laughs> it reverberably thought the ca- cables perfectly. I think that was just something outside. But, uh. The, the massive wooden double doors are carved with enormous relief of the symbol of the Gambler's Guild, uh, which centrally is a large circular coin with something resembling like four quadrants of another rounded, almost Celtic knot emanating out from, uh, to encompass this thing almost entirely, but fully behind it. Uh, it is a pretty massive building, and uh, in Kovler... By cobbler standards, it's quite colorful. Much of the buildings and stonework of cobbler is fairly muted. There are some reds and blues. Uh, but the front entrance to the Whims of Fortune clearly is designed on some degree to attract merchants and travelers and to be incredibly bright and visible to those that are coming through the town. Uh, but as you approach and knock upon the door, now the double doors themselves do seem to be locked. Mm. 
I guess they're not open. Oh, that's a shame. Well, it's middle of the night for them. Oh, Let's go. It does only appear to function during the forge day. Let's mm. go talk to um, Ken. Marshall is off. Are you not following Marshall? No, I'm not. Is it just Raz the one with Marshall? Yep. Um, why, why are we going somewhere else now? Because we said that we were going to go talk to the Guild of Finery. When right, we're... but we're in the middle of an investigation here. We should yes. probably follow our leads here but, first. But, but they're not going to be open. Well, it's a casino. Why wouldn't they be open? It's weird. Because... It's a casino. Why isn't it open? <laughs> <laughs> because casino... I mean, that makes sense. Gambling halls aren't open for 24 hours necessarily. And many of the ones that I've seen in larger cities it's are. It's so are. weird that if a gambling hall isn't open, that's hours is not making money. Do they just, uh, do they just a... stop playing once the t- once it comes closing time? Perhaps. Shut down all the games? Bell rings, everybody falls asleep at their table. Well, <laughs> if you consider that they have a 32-hour day a... and then forge night, it would actually make sense well, that Well, 32 this would hours be... the whole thing. It's 20-hour day, 12-hour day. <laughs> it would kind of make sense that there would be at least a little bit of total closing and time. they're not with us. No, I don't understand that at all. Not. I guess, where are you, Trishik? I guess we split up at some point. They're... Walking that way. Well, Roshin is, <sighs> is trying to convince Resme that we should still keep going because, of course, the casino is going to be open. It's a casino. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to continue that way. My, yeah, you arrive to these two stimmied by the fact that the casino is not, in fact, Miss, open. Miss Roshin, get this. It's closed. Why is it closed? That's what I'm asking. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The casino. Stop having it be closed. <laughs> I mean, if you would like, we could simply go inside and investigate. Or we but could... the door is cl- Oh, I see what you're going for. Or we could go talk to the person who right. invited us to talk to him in the middle of the night. I guess it's worth noting that uh, while it is the forge night, a pretty decent amount of those dwarves that are still up and about are patrolling pairs of guards. Uh, that do still regularly walk the streets and thoroughfares of Kavler, just like one of them down in Dwarven. How Oi. suspicious would it actually be if I no. put a key in the door and unlock it? No. The dwarf, no. and, uh, him and his partner sort of come over. They don't bear any sort of lights or anything. I see you guys probably don't either. You just want the dimness, but they're completely unbothered. Uh, mm-hmm. You can see they each have badges with the Guild of Arms sigil upon them. Uh, but they they got approached, kind of squat little rounded helmets mm. perched on their heads. Pretty thick metal dwarven plate that makes them about 50% wider than the person probably is on the inside. True. Very stout. Okay. And uh, he comes over. Oi. Uh, in, in can we help you with something? Uh, in dwarven. Uh, sorry to bother you on your rounds, but I was wondering, has the casino not open at night time of all times? Uh, most shops and amenities in Gavler aren't open during the forge night. Thank you. They keep a couple of some inns and taverns and some places you can buy food if you're coming in from the surface on that schedule. Oh. But little else. Strange. It's also a guild hall. None of them are open at night. Okay. Oh, well, that's a good point. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Oh, that's a point. They well, said in that, that case, how about, um, hmm. Well, where, where would, we were invited by the guild master to come speak with them. And but I not imagine you won't come back during the day then. I think that's a good idea. Let's go talk to the guildmaster. Right. We were actually invited to talk to at night. <sighs> Fine, sorry to be on your way then. My apologies, gentlemen. You best the evening to the group, are you? You're doing a great job. And they, uh, they, <laughs> the only other two people in the group that speak Dwarven. Wave a hand <laughs> and kind of head out, yeah. The council told us that everything closes down on 
uh, during Forge Night. But like a casino isn't everything. A casino is a casino. <laughs> Most casinos I've seen have been open all night long, all night long. Well, maybe uh, like closed for an hour. Well, for well I guess Dwarves not really subscribe to the Vegas theorem. <laughs> Every hour you're not open is an hour you're not making money. He's got the point. I mean, but that's true of all things, and yet businesses still close and have operating hours. I work in a 24-hour gas station. <laughs> yeah, gas it. station is on the small list of exceptions, <laughs> like the restaurants and the taverns. <laughs> it actually makes sense when you're considering that they want to preserve light and not have something... Well, there's no natural light here, so that they'd have to actually provide fake light if they wanted to run the casino at night. Why would they want to do that? I mean, that makes sense. It could actually cost more resources than they make. And they're a very bad casino. There's definitely, like, no windows in the building. <laughs> like, which is kind of notably different from a lot of cobbler structures, but that's like Casino 101. Uh, although for them, it's more of just a general privacy and safety thing, like a discretion aid rather than, I'm pretty sure in a regular casino, it's so you can't easily tell what time it is, mm -hmm. so you don't realize how long you're sitting there. Mm -hmm. They don't have that, but they still have the, there's there's no windows visible in the wing uh, from the outside, so like the, they would have to be providing light inside anyway. So let's go talk to... The Adarned? Yes. Very well, let's go. Well, in that case... And we're walking, walking. We're gonna go back up the town. Because the hall, Guild of Fineries main hall is actually pretty close <laughs> oh to the Regent's Hall. So you walk all the way uh, back across Cobbler. It's okay. We need our exercise. It's all right. It's Thank actually God. this okay, building okay. immediately behind the Regent's Hall. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm very tempted okay, where's the inn? to just Close dimension the door. <laughs> just just dive right back into the inn while we're walking past. You can have fun. Uh, it's, uh, I was just trying to be about three quarters of a mile yeah, from fun. one end to the other. I'm that, very uh, tempted to just dimension door. Solid mile and a half walking all the way. Because <laughs> it's about the northernmost building in Kavler, actually, before you get into the wall and the <sighs> barracks areas of the Guild Let's of Let's just keep going back to Rachel. <laughs> I'm leaving. Forget Kavler. High I'm five. out. High five the purple worm on the way back out. <laughs> Go to the gambling hall, they said. <laughs> It'll be open, they said. <laughs> now you're making me walk all the way across town, and we could have just gone around the corner in these shoes. Who's? No one asked who's you to wear shoes. Who, whose fault is wearing shoes? Is, I was looked down on my bare yeah, feet. Yeah. <laughs> bare feet. I'm wearing metal boots. What's Currently, that tell you? two of the five of us have no need for shoes. We are superior. So <laughs> you walk all the way back across Cobbler again, uh, making your way up to the relatively small Hall of the Guild of Finery. It is much smaller than the guild halls you've seen so far. Uh, the Casino Whims of Fortune obviously needing to be quite large to host an entire casino, and the Anvilers Guild being a massive building uh, in almost two completely different uh, connected forging facilities. But the Guild of Finery looks something much more standard, and a near rectangular, uh, almost just simply shaped and carved work of stone, save for the almost, uh, what's the word? For like when you have the part of your wall that just kind of curves out, it's almost like a turret. There's a word for that. Oh. I don't have a lot of words escape me today. Intelligence. It's three. a low vocabulary day for me. It has four yeah. of those. They're not actually like separate castle turrets or towers. 
but uh, the walls expound, expand out. Crenellations? Crenellations no, is like the top of the rampart. Um, anyway. Not crenellations, they're not matriculations. Oh, Whatever they're called. The roundy boys. The roundy boys like are that. present on all, all four corners, breaking up the perfectly square structure of the building itself. Uh, and somewhat surprisingly, being the Guild of Finery, the building itself is not terribly well adorned. It looks very simplistic, uh, with a few simple rectangular windows across what appear to be the two stories of the building itself. Uh, the front door is facing out to the northern road here, atop a simple stone stoop that leads up to a single wooden door with a much smaller emblem of the Guild of Finery, not like carved into it, but uh, on a placard next to it, almost hanging like a coat of arms. Hmm. As you walk up and knock at the door. That's a really weird door sound. This is where all their money went, was strange sound effects. I mean, yeah, duh. As you head up and knock. <laughs> knock <laughs> and... <laughs> that, no, that's the knocker. Yeah. <laughs> it somehow plays that. It's somehow La Cucaracha when you hit the thing. <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm not even moving it. That's amazing. There are magical door knockers. <laughs> I'm sure there are. But uh, the door is... <laughs> you put it on a door, and it just knocks for you. No, you're dumb. You're right. item. That's a real thing. Door is answered in relatively short order uh, by a well-dressed and well-manicured dwarf. Oddly, uh, wearing a sombrero. Not a, <laughs> not a single braid in his, uh, visible in his beard or in his hair. All of it slicked back in his, uh, his beard, though fairly large almost brought down to near a point at the bottom. And uh, as he opens and sees the five of you, he kind of nods. Oh, I take the other group here to see the adorned. Aye. Just so. Well, if we give a word to fetch him for you, please come inside. Hopefully he'll have glasses. I didn't bring those. And he leads you in the inside of the Guild of Finery, looking much more spectacular than the outside. Uh, the floor, a work of absolutely fine wood. Uh, clearly not even uh, not even just something simple or cheap or easily accessible in cobbler. Something it surely must have been brought in from uh, perhaps the distant Mongi jungles. <laughs> to give the Carpenter's Guild some work. To give the Carpenter's Guild some work. <laughs> All three of them. Uh, the walls are hung with spectacular works of art in silvered and gilded wrought frames. Massive tapestries... Uh, and hanging uh, from the ceiling itself, hanging about a, a two or three feet down, still leaving about six feet of clearance from the ground, which is more than enough for a dwarf, but not entirely enough for taller people who are going to kind of duck around it, is a massive woven symbol of the Guild of Finery, uh, woven together with threads of various incredibly bright, almost reflective colors, looking like green and purple metals somehow woven through there almost. Uh, but as he welcomes you in, uh, offers any of the very many fine seats available here, uh, some overstuffed fine couches of both cloth and on the other side uh, of different types of leather, uh, the room almost transitioning across as a ghost from one style almost to another, blending throughout. But it's clear that no object or ornament in here was acquired through small expense. Mm. Is there a bathtub? It's probably not a bathtub in the waiting trying area. To make him, no. Trying to make him comfortable. We do not have a lizard bathtub for you, unfortunately. That's only for naps. But uh, plenty of seats and tables. Uh, and he apologizes quickly. 
Uh, I'm sorry, normally we'd have fine drinks or selection of wines available for visitors, but it's late at the eve, the uh, chefs unfortunately are unavailable and everything is locked away for the evening. Uh, it's alright, we brought I'll a gift. that time beer. I could, uh... <laughs> we I brought could... a gift, it's alright. Oh, uh, if, however, you do request some refreshments, I could uh, attempt to fetch something myself from the kitchen. No, you're fine. Well, just bring me the whole keg, might as well. Oh, wow. Let's see what I can find, Master. What, water? <laughs> of course. And now uh, let me fetch the door for you. And uh, as he heads off around the corner out of view, you can hear his footsteps up some stairs in the distance, uh, leading the group, uh, the group of you here in this waiting area for uh, just a couple of minutes. It would not be an incredibly swift turnaround. You'd be here for maybe three, four minutes before you hear a pair of footsteps coming down the stairs and uh, the adorned, who looks not quite as presentable as he was previously at the Regents' Council, but has clearly taken another minute or two after being roused to tend to his appearance before he arrived, comes to the chamber to meet the group of you. Oh, I thank you so much for coming to hear my tale. And again, it's absolutely no trouble of mine to have you come during the floor tonight. I understand schedules conflict, and this is a matter of great importance. Clearly. Oh, thank you for uh, for having us. Uh, please, uh, for your cellar. And he uh, takes. What do you have? Is um, it the slumber wine? No, it's a. It's, <laughs> it's one of the other really, really fine rare wines that we actually the found. Ones you had gotten from. The from the stash. From the stash from the quarry. Yeah, it's like ancient shellish wine. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there. So it looks it over. This is an incredibly rare vintage. Uh, certainly not one that I've had the pleasure of tasting anything alike down here. Thank you for this. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it'll go well in the cellar. And it'll be used equally well sometime unknown in the future. It'll serve its purpose. Uh, but, please, I appreciate that you have seen fit to tend to this matter rather quick. And I, I'm glad that it appears, appears the physics skill has been able to tend to you well. You're looking much better health than you arrived at the Regents Council. I apologize for us rushing you there so fast, but... Well, Dwarven City does work on Dwarven time, after all. Of course. Fair enough. Now, I suppose I'll get right to things. I... think... that's... well, on the surface, you're right. I don't know necessarily that it's this Scarlet Triad I'm unfamiliar with, other than, of course, what you have told us uh, this past afternoon. But I do believe there is something working behind the scenes here causing a lot of these problems recently. And I found something interesting. But I'm the Guildmaster Refinery. I know fine wines, I know fine cloths, I know fine furniture and art, but I don't know construction. Do you know much of the wall, of the barricade, that separates Cobbler from Cyberrock? I can't say I do. It's not just the work of stone. Stone walls wouldn't keep out the undead forever. I imagine they wouldn't even do it for long. Ugh. All right, forgive. I get ahead of myself. I imagine you don't even know much of the situation in Sagarok itself. Aside from the fact that it's just overrun with terrible monsters. That's more or less it. Uh, since Sagarok has fallen, something has taken over it. Something terrible has happened. Well, in that case, we're well acquainted. Many of its residents may be what you might have, might have met in journeys here, based on your stories. Sometimes there's worse. Uh, strange monsters coming up from the lands below. Things like gogs. Or more terrible fiends. And that barricade is the one thing that keeps Cobbler, Cobbler safe and secure. And I fear it's been undermined. Hmm. 
It's not just a work of stone. The barricade itself is equal parts rock and magic. It's a physical barrier, of course. It's an actual stone wall that uh, has only a few gates to pass through. That's in the worst, if the worst would come to pass, physically separates us from much of Sagarok, but it's so much more than that. There's the runes all along the base of the wall on the inside. Runes that have been laid since before Sagarok's fall, that have been maintained by the Guild of Magic, or the Guild of Spells, ever since, like, generations hence. Uh, these runes were through many of the walls that separated Sagarak's old districts, to my understanding, and they extend the barricade to be more than it simply is. It's not just a wall of stone, it's a wall of... Uh, the has a word for it. It's a force. Hmm. It's like an invisible, imperceptible barrier that extends up beyond the wall itself all the way to the roof of the caverns called the Cold's home. Hmm. Supposedly, even above and below, any unwelcome within Kovler, any that have risen into undeath, is impossible. Any who mean Kovler harm, even were the gates open, they couldn't walk through. Hmm. And it's this magic, it's part and parcel of the stone. Uh, it's the runes along the wall that the Guild of Spells maintains that keeps us all safe. But... How did you come to know it was being undermined? And how? What makes you think it is in the first place? There was just an anti-magic rune stolen. That... That's a great many things, really. I've... I believe I share a mind with Forge Master Thunderflare in believing there may be something, even before the group of you arrived, that's amiss at Kovler, it's causing all these problems. But when concerns first started happening, I I was up near the Guild of Arms. I was making a delivery. I believe I was bringing some finely brewed ales up to Commander Bronzebeard and his men after they'd come back uh, from a venture out into the surrounding tunnels to deal with uh, I can't remember what exactly kind of beast it was but something looked amiss on the walls I didn't quite know what I was looking at of course I'm not magical I don't understand runes I barely understand stone but something didn't it looked like it had been tampered with almost I thought well that's rather odd but of course nothing particularly I mean I don't know what I'm looking at I didn't tell anyone. Uh, so come some four days later, and all these problems start coming before the council. It seems nearly every regent has come in with their own concerns, their own losses with their own problems. These missing people, these loss of fish in Blue Crab Lake. And so I thought perhaps maybe I should speak up. There was something, uh, something to it. So I spoke with Mountain Heart Odovian. Uh, master of the stonemason's guild uh, that are in charge of the physical structure of the wall itself and i told him what i thought i might have seen and asked him to come with me to better witness to this to tell me if there was uh, and if i really was seeing anything he was dismissive almost insultingly so truth be told so thinking well i uh, truly i was putting the matters of my guild in my own business in places that didn't seem they properly belonged it's a fair response i suppose but he couldn't shake the feeling and then the second person went missing and the carpenters guild brought that up the all joiner i decided all right well 
If the mountain hunter's gonna burst me off, perhaps the archmage won't. Looks like something I missed with the rune network anyway. Uh, that's magic. I spoke with the archmage. Who, again, didn't really seem terribly concerned. Told me that if, if he had spare time, he would go inspect that maintenance of the runes in the wall is one of the most important tasks of the guild of spells, and of course it's something they maintain, so... Didn't seem terribly bloody either. I... I went to check the wall myself. And I couldn't find... Couldn't find what it was. It was near the Guild of Arms. It wasn't far behind it. On that sort of wall. What I'd seen, what looked like work, what looked like... Almost just wear. Tool marks in the stone. Like someone had been doing something. It was minor. Uh, and maybe it was just the day-to-day -day of the Guild of Spells... Or the Stonemasons Guild keeping things up to right. I don't know. But I've been rebuffed by two other counselors on the Guild of Reasons. And I feared it. Well, there's nowhere else I can take my concerns. Hmm. If you think you saw something, then you probably did. That's what I fear. But again, I know nothing of magic nor stonework. I was hoping that perhaps in the tale you've told me, you seem. Like, at least several of you are quite capable of magical arts. And I don't know if you're told there's a castle that you want to maintain. Perhaps you know something of stone as well. Maybe you could check the walls on my, my behalf. If you give me something tangible, then I can bring it to the mountain hark of the Archmage. And we can sort this right and proper. Indeed, if it, uh, indeed we'll certainly go and look at it. Uh, and certainly we should probably do that tonight, after all. In the middle of the forest, I thought there's anything else we can be doing with our time that's productive. Um, and It'll indeed, be a good this... way to wait for the uh, casino. Oh, that's too. So I think perhaps it'd be good to look, uh, especially at the very least if you're this concerned about it. And uh, mm. did you taking the tapestry from the vault have something to do with that? Oh, well, around when the the rune went missing. No, that was for something entirely unrelated. That's. We were hosting an event. It was for a bunch of traveling merchants that are coming through here, and I believe two more four stages from now. Uh, they are members of some kind of historical society, a bunch of archaeologists, I believe, and uh, a bunch of the work they've been doing is tapestry was pertinent to. Oh. I wish to show it to them. Uh, I was going to return it in a couple of days, but the Vault of the Region's been locked down since the ruin went missing, so looks like I can't until that investigation sorted through. You'll forgive me. Um, may I see the tapestry? Uh, of course. Uh, and uh, he, uh, about this time, the other dwarf, the page that had uh, come through before, would be coming in uh, with a pretty decently sized, uh, under one arm keg and a large metal pitcher in the other. Oh, apologies. I couldn't bear everything myself. Usually with much more staff on hand than I Hope this doesn't give you an ill impression of the Guild of Finery. Oh, not at all. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, we're used to it. As I was going to say, it's perfectly fine. That picture. No picture. I can fetch some cups for you, I just couldn't better it all in one load. Pulls out a cup. Pulls out a tiny cup. Another. Um. Um. This. I. Uh. And the, uh. The, uh, if you have anything cheap, I'd bring that one. He's not going to taste it anyway. Adorned Bowman motions the page over and just leans down and whispers something to him. He kind of nods and heads back in the back again. Uh, 
he'll fetch the drink for you. Ember ah. uh, Reard, was it? Yeah, appreciate it. And he'll find the tapestry as well. We'll bring it through. Uh, like I said, we won't be using it for another couple of days and wanted to make sure that it's an ancient relic that want to undergo any kind of wear or anything down was necessary. So we have it back in our own storage. Of course. That's very kind of you. Thank you. And it's hand water to everyone. We walked a lot. Everyone needs to stay hydrated. Just get a little cup of water. this. <laughs> and a, a cup to resume. But after my interactions with the Mountain Heart and with the Archmage, I'm afraid to let any more of the council know about any concerns I had. I'll admit it's partially for fear of looking a fool, but partially I, I worry. I don't want to look ill at my fellow regents, but if something the Scarlet Triad even has got its claws in the cobbler, it's not. Well, it'd be a fair set of stories about things like this happening with the council being involved. I don't think you look foolish at all. I think that your concerns are perfectly valid. Well, I thank you. Would you be willing to tell me, and I know this is difficult because you saw them very briefly and for a small amount of time ago, what did exactly did the markings look like? Did they look more like tool marks or more like... I didn't inspect them closely. I just noticed something that looked a little amiss and figured that it was nothing. Uh, but it, I just mentally marked it as a bit odd. At the time, it didn't even really stand out as something that strange. So it'll, it'll be fine. We'll walk the length of the wall behind the arms, uh, behind the guild of arms, and we'll find it. I'm sure. And you said that more than one person had disappeared. We only heard of one. Ah, uh, all joined their row had bought, uh, brought something else before the council. Uh, one of her carpenters, I believe, had gone missing. Oh, they're only down to they're only down to two now. <laughs> <laughs> Rude and crass and ill befitting humor, but can't help but smile. <laughs> it's this Mr. Sheen's humor. The Carpenters Guild and their current other joiner have been a frequent thorn in my side, I'll admit. So I'll allow myself a fair bit of humor at their expense, but nothing that I would wish upon whatever has happened to one of the Carpenters. Of course. I don't know the story. Uh, a lot has been come up for the council recently, and I couldn't tell you much of the details. Uh, besides, it's not my place. The old joiner didn't seem interested in uh, the rope in regardless, so... Hmm. That's her decision, and I'll respect it as a fellow regent. Oh. And is that... Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to catch up. Oh, no, of course. I just wanted to know if anyone else had gone missing. Anyone at all. Well, the two we'd have. We've had. I was just going to go with the simple impression. Do you know if uh, anyone really doesn't like them, that they wanted them, you know, gone? The Carpenters Guild? Yeah. Again, not my place to speak. <sighs> if the All Joiners decided not to trust you with their matters and not to uh, to allow outsiders to assist them, that's the All Joiners' choice. Besides, I'm afraid there's far, uh, there may be far more pertinent things to take care of. For now, why don't we just go inspect the wall? I think it'd be After a wise idea, can. unless you want to go really go put an eye on that tapestry. I'd offer to come with you, but the hour is terribly late. Of course. I'm afraid my faculties aren't entirely what I'd hoped they were, and besides, as I said, I know nothing of stonework nor magic. I'd have no idea what I'm, what I'm looking at. I, I would I'll like... only slow you down. I would like I'm to briefly thinking. inspect the tapestry if won't take long. Very well. Whenever you're done, come... Oh, of course. Of course. I'm still waiting on my second drink anyway. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> after a few more minutes, the page would return with a second keg uh, that seems almost a bit loosely banded together. You know, the top iron ring that's holding the planks almost even a bit rusted around the edges. 
which he hands out to you. And uh, his other arm is out. A, a, a tapestry is almost grandiose for what the thing is. It's it a is sample a, of cloth. Yeah, it looks like a small bit of a banner that he has up on a, uh, a cushion, a braced firm cushion that's maybe only about the length of his forearm. Uh, so a foot and a half or so and maybe about nine inches or so wide, uh, which is clearly very weathered and faded. Uh, it's almost kind of difficult to immediately take uh, uh, understand much of what anything on it may once have been without already knowing largely what you're looking at. Um, I'll take a look at it. Uh, about how old does it look? Uh, give me a perception check. Yesterday. <laughs> this is a forgery! <laughs> Everything's a forgery. Everything's a forgery. It's a ton of crap. Nothing is true. Everything's a forgery. <laughs> what matters is that you tried. Uh, pretty hard, apparently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Eight, uh, 37. With a 37, as you look down this tapestry, it appears to be absolutely ancient. Uh, be into the thousands of years old to the point where without like proper tools or anything, it's really impossible to get any like manner of proper band around this. Uh, beyond that, the threads and fabrics that it appears to be made of uh, they've held up remarkably well given the age of the thing and it doesn't appear to be simple linens or clots even that you are really familiar with this doesn't this is so old it doesn't even appear to be of traditional human make detect magic uh, detect magic would turn up the absolute faintest aura over the thing probably preservation uh, but it would appear to be of necromancy not okay. a not an abrogative preservation or anything, but it's just barely notable. Um, this is very fine and very ancient. How interesting! The archaeologists that are coming through, uh, they research a lot of the ancient Cyclopean empires. I uh, believe their expertise is those far out to the southwest, uh, down across the inner seas. Uh, not quite in the Amongi jungles, but south of what's now called the Eye of Abendego, I believe. A uh, massive hurricane not too far off the coast of the Soddenlands. Well, probably the cause of the Soddenlands, I imagine, but I've never been. I've only read. I put a bit of a brief primer in here for this that we're putting together to host these fine folk, but very interesting stuff. They don't just predate the quest for Sky, they predate the Starfall before the Sky. Yes, it's thousands of years old. I doubt it would even be preserved if not for this little bit of magic left in it. I actually wasn't aware there was any magic in this. It's not dangerous to handle, is it? No, no, it, it is the finest hint of magic. I, I doubt that it has any active properties left over. It's probably just a faint hint from when it was constructed. Fair. I didn't take it to be much more than an ancient work of art from Cyclopes' aeons past. It's beautiful. But, uh... And it was very, very nice of you to have considered their feelings so much and bringing this to show to them. Well, that's half the reason they're coming down to Kovler. We'll, uh, we'll leave you in peace. We really appreciate your hospitality. Uh, please, if you find anything actionable, anything that seems off or misty at all, don't hesitate to bring it back to me, no matter what the outer may be. If there's a problem with the wall, the regents need to know. Fair enough. Could you imagine how dangerous archaeology is in a world where fireball, like, wall traps is a thing? I imagine, <laughs> like... Indiana Dwarf? It is... 
It is unironic, like, Lara Croft Tomb Raider stuff, trying yep. to be an archaeologist. Like, archaeology is not just a thing you do as a... It's a class. As, like, a... It's actually, you know, it's a, it's a, that's why it's got class now, isn't it? Is it? Is yeah. Archetype, you mean? An it is. It's an archetype. It's actually an archetype. Yeah, yeah. archetype, right. There's like cool. two of them. So it would not be something that you go to college and you learn and that's your, like your kind of adventurous, but relatively sure. simple life of attempting to dust off random bones, uh, hoping to maybe find someday something of value. This is like an archaeologist and pathfinder is like the stuff of adventure paths. I think there are actually several adventure paths, or at least Pathfinder Society scenarios, about trying to archaeology things because mm -hmm. you're in a world where there are actual like wards and traps and guardians and tombs about and it. things like that, animated statues and clockworks. Archaeologists are heroes. They are saving history. Belongs in a museum. <laughs> I'm a snarkyologist. The curse of the mummy. But um, it's actually a curse. And it's actually a mummy. <laughs> Actually, the boss of the dungeon. Yep. Open the wrong tomb, and you actually end all of life on Galarian. Like, that's... Yeah. that's GG. As Whoops. easy as that so tried. Uh, turns out Rovagug was actually in this ancient pyramid. Ah, oh, dang uh, it, I released Rovagug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to go to the pyramid three Boy, down, not two my down. my face red. Oh, man. I feel like I've probably made a mistake, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 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 all right. So if we're going to look at this wall, we're going to want to get fairly localized about, at least get as close as we can to what he saw. If this thing is as ancient and as full of magic as he said, looking at it is going to be, gosh, looking at a flame and trying to find a pinpoint of light. No, not at all. They maintain it. It'll be fine. We'll just go up to the, we'll, go up, we'll follow the road north, stop at the wall and walk, we'll did, walk across he, it and look at it. He didn't tell us where he, where he saw it, right? He Roughly. See vaguely behind the Guild of Arms, which... That narrows it down a lot. Narrows it down a decent amount, but that was what he saw. And uh, if you're going to be inspecting the walls and look and die, if you don't find anything there, uh, the wall is nearly a mile in length. Uh, and the runes across the bottom, if you're not just doing a very superficial look to see if anyone is clearly screwed with anything, which would almost certainly be noticed immediately, uh, this is really in the gauge of, like, a downtime activity. Like, it is going yeah. to take you... Mm. A like hours. a surface day. Yeah. It's going to be like a 10 to 12 hour investigation of making your way down the wall. Uh, any number of you who wish to commit yourselves to this, I will, I will tell you just for facilitation of gameplay, many of these investigations are going to be run more in like downtime mode than anything else. Uh, yeah. Because there are large areas, there are large investigations you need to set up. Uh, if you, however many of you or all of you want to commit to searching the wall again, that's going to take an entire day. Uh, it will be somewhere around halfway through the forge day when you when that would be done and you would start to become tired and would want to probably go home and rest because that's about a surface day's worth. So, up to you. Um, the wall's not terribly far. You're on the north end of town. Do I think Roisin is going to be at all useful? You think that as you're looking at a combination of stonework and ancient magic, both knowledge of arcana would be useful to be able to assess these runes and sigils on the wall as well as crafting uh, to be able to hey guys you can make a crafting check I was about to ask. A crafting <laughs> check you say i don't uh, have that to see if there's anything amiss about the stonework itself those are like the two sides of it so roshin's gonna go do something else um i would definitely like to spend some time looking at the wall so resume wants to inspect the wall spend his day doing that Anyone else? 
I'll, I won't leave her alone, so I'll use my very limited crafting check to help. It that. helps. She can look at the magic. You can, one, you can make one check, so like, okay. you can make an arcana. You can make a crafting. Does anyone that else want to go to the wall? Walls are um, my specialty. Okay, so three of you. I climb on them. What is Roisin doing? You're the Not best that. crafter. So that's yeah. the... Raz doesn't want to leave Roisin alone, so Raz is going to totter off of Roisin, whatever she's doing. Oh, fair All enough. Right. Perhaps we can find some way of being. Uh, we can perhaps we can find something useful to do. So for this day, the three of you are working on the walls. Uh, as you two, not rolling. As oh. you two <laughs> are, uh, are, he would have just put a hole in the yeah, wall. Aware <laughs> that you are not really. Well, at least Rasheen's aware she's not really going to be a great aid to this, and Raz feels bad and doesn't want to leave Rasheen by herself. Uh, what are you two going to do? Well, why don't we go ahead and head back to the hotel? Perhaps we can actually get introduced to Olga and maybe get her base of her story down. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so absolutely, you can do that. Uh, you'll have to be waiting until it's about morning and the forge day, and then you'll need to speak with Olga and then try to uh, follow up along with that. And again, that would take approximately a day of downtime to be able to do. Hey, we'll all be done at the same time. Yeah, so well, convenient. It's like it was designed to facilitate a multiplayer game. Um, wow. Mm. But uh, you can spend your afternoon trying to work on that. So uh, as you start looking along the length of the wall here, it is is big. It's a big wall. You can start yourself in the general region of behind the Guild of Arms. That does narrow it down to some degree, but not terribly helpful. This larger red building at the north end of town here is the Guild of Arms. And no buildings are that close. This is several, like hundreds of feet away from the wall itself across this veritable no man's land here. So this stretch of wall that's vaguely by the Guild of Arms and that he would have seen from quite some distance uh, unless he went, it was, oh, I guess he said he was going over there for something with the Guild of Arms. Mm -hmm. It is still a massive segment. <laughs> and then there's also all of this wall over here. There's a lot of the barricade. It's a very big place. Uh, so, are you sticking together, looking through it, or are you splitting up to do Divide your and conquer. investigations? I take one and someone <laughs> takes the other. We are looking for different things if you're doing crafting or arcana. So it's not like it's a terrible idea to stick together. And uh, with all three of you, if someone wants to use their efforts to aid another, you definitely can. Is How? I'm a master He's fantastic. So I'm going to just support you then. Okay. Since mine's not that high. It would be very easy as you reach the barricade, even if it's not, like, it's not super noticeable. There's not giant glowing sigils scrawled across the wall or anything. Right here, guys. But uh, along the bottom of the wall, a couple feet up from the ground, there would be a continual line of magical runes that are carved into the brick, uh, stone brick of the wall itself that make their way down the entire length of the wall. Uh, it's not language, it doesn't mean anything. It's like what you would find on a scroll. It is, again, just like the, the runic magic that maintains or creates a spell, just like magic on a scroll would. Those, it's not like you're literally writing down, I cast fireball mm. on the scroll. It's a bunch of rune sigils and uh, various interactions uh, that hold power, that can retain power, that makes it magical itself, that can hold magic and power magic. So as you look through those, a pair of you head back to the Gold Sky Inn, and honestly, you have a perfectly fine, uh, what is functionally your morning while you're just kind of it's waiting a, a, hour, a yeah. couple of hours so nothing really happens. So you Croissant. can go down, you can... Croissant. You can get some delicious food. I wonder if they, I wonder if they, um, 
Do they have any milk down here? Milk? I'd imagine they would. Just but they do bread. have, uh, again, the Gold Sky Inn, as well as some of the places down in the Traveler's Quarter, would have things they'd imported, so you would have more traditional food. Uh, but if you are in any way interested in perusing some of the dwarven crafts uh, that, pre that present more traditional dwarven dishes, uh, it would, somewhat surprisingly, but somewhat logically, given the Blue Crab Lake being a large amount of supply, there's actually a lot of seafood hmm. that Cobbler functions on. Cypress Point. Kind of, yeah. Like, for a lot of its food, it is largely a fishing community. But alongside that, where we have the entire gamut of, like, the concept of fruits and vegetables... Damn it. They have fungus. They have mushrooms of all different kinds, from what you would traditionally think of as, you know, like, button-capped mushrooms to ones that are almost more of, like, straight sheets. Some that are even thin and somewhat flexible than a lot of their dwarven meals substitute as something you would traditionally use as bread or a bun. Uh, they can they can grow exactly fungus down here, but they have a pretty impressive variety of it that they have used to substitute in their diets. Hmm. Uh, a wide array of flavors and consistencies as well. A mushroom and blue crab sandwich. Have you ever had dwarven cuisine, <laughs> like legit from a dwarven city or dwarven cook? I... I... I've been living on hardtack and cheese for most of my time, actually. Oh, you're in for a treat. I'm going to go just pick out the most delicious dish I know of. What's I've been to world? a Roman city before. Down here, Stuffed mushroom. Down here <laughs> in Cobbler, uh, there would be a lot with Blue Crab Lake having gotten its name uh, from the blue crabs that live within it. That would kind of be the main poster feature of Cobbler. It's like the easily most knowable thing. And there would be a variety of different preparations of blue crab that you can find. But one of the most interesting things you'd come across that would would seem to be a good, like, simple, portable breakfast that you could bring back or you could sit and enjoy is it has a mushroom that's almost just a big orb, like an elliptical, bulbous ball oh, of, delicious sounding. of fungus um, that's sheared in half and has a very fine, almost kind of sticky substance inside of it. No traditional spores or powder, but they cut this in half and load it with crab meat. And it ends up being about the size of your hand. Uh, load it with crab meat and some various spices. <laughs> Almost sounds like a calzone. Kinda, yeah, kinda. It's kind of like a crab and mushroom calzone, yeah. Oh, now I'm starving. It's not like closed on one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just open on the other. It's not like a pita, I guess, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Mm. This, yes, this. be a bow bun. This. I guess we can sit here. You want to take it back to the inn or you want to sit here and eat? I'm actually really song? hungry. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's no, pretty we can eat here. It's fine. But like that, how do you eat it? You, you just, just oh, shove it in, in my hand. <laughs> I don't know uh, how the popular it is, but ah. Uh, <laughs> it's not like while it's orb. wide, it's all pretty soft. Dwarf, dwarf. So you can pretty easily like flatten the end of it. I, I've learned most dwarves don't really care so much for table etiquette as long as you're not making a huge mess. I mean, you watch me eat all the time. They're just happy you're enjoying the food. <laughs> I don't know if Marshall is necessarily the good model we should have uh, I don't, here. I don't model Marshall for anything. <laughs> <laughs> the fungus itself that the, the crab meat is inside is quite soft and pretty flexible, hmm. but surprisingly uh, not, not rigid, but almost kind of difficult to separate. Like, it, it takes a little bit of effort to bite in and actually, like, take a bite out from it. I think Roshi managed to get through, like, most of it without spilling it onto herself, then, in that case. It holds bit. together very well. Uh, it's quite sturdy. Rips a little bit off and feeds it to Mataz. <laughs> 
Just pick out little bits of cranberry. Oh, well, that's yeah. how you make it taste so good. You just soak it in butter. Uh -huh. <laughs> I just want stuffed mushrooms now. It makes sense, really, when you think about it. It's quite good. It's I'm really just, good. This conversation has actually triggered my biological salivation. I'm hungry now. Like, I, I am literally <laughs> salivating. <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> but, uh... All this makes me think is like crab ragoon and stuffed mushrooms. Now. And gruyere. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is literally crab stuffed mushrooms. So it is just very different. Uh, a little bit of fresh salt from ground. So pepper. you all here. Uh, I never thought I'd be so grateful that I'm actually I have nothing idea, no idea how stone gets cut. Listening to this can join us in being hungry, town. Uh, meanwhile, up at the walls. Having a good old time. Uh, as the Forge Night ends, and that you can see, you can see the clock tower in the distance. Uh, it's large enough that it's visible from pretty much anywhere, even all the way out into the town. It loses a single bong as the one arm passes the threshold between the Forge Night and the Forge Day, uh, and really not terribly soon after, the city almost as one seems to flare to life. Uh, up on the surface, even like in, in actual life, there is kind of a spectrum of what is the time that the day starts. Mm -hmm. But it is a rigid time that exists. Like, the Forge Day starts now. There's there's no, oh, I get up at 6, so I get up at 7, the store doesn't open till 11. Everything starts at the start of the Forge Day. These dwarves have been awake for a few hours now, just resting. They wake they, up they, early, they might they may spend their time getting ready and what is the last hour of the forge yeah. night exactly. It's like some dwarven school children don't, like running through the streets with like I don't, holding toast in their mouth as they like, <laughs> one time. I don't imagine they sleep for, you know, twelve hours. Good, I like they sleep for probably most of the I think like nine hours. Yeah, because when you're awake for 20. Hours. Yeah, they're awake for twenty. It would be over the course of the next hour after the the, the city would uh, again almost as one sort of come to life. Uh, the lights on the roads would be lit as the last guard patrols of the Forge Knight make their way down uh, with fairly long hooked, uh, basically torches that are carrying a burning, almost a small miniature brazier that they dip into the light uh, each thing in the road to relight them and continue going. Uh, and not immediately visible what is in these road lights. It doesn't look like there's any physical tinder or anything. And in fact, they're not braziers themselves. They are uh, shafts that come up from the ground and then expand into an angular, like, four-sided metal bowl of some kind. But they dip the braziers in there, they alight, and the city <clears throat> ignites once more for a day's activities. Huh. That was a nice sight to watch. And as you three spend it patrolling the wall and searching for, honestly, a great amount of distance, nothing immediately obvious would appear, and you would be working for hours, and then you would roll me... Uh, we'll have you go first because you're assisting with crafting for. Yep, I will so this assist. Is your assist. Yep, I'm. I'm just trained. In just it. trained. So we get a plus one, or two maybe if you roll real goodly. Well, that's a very average. Yeah. Okay, so plus one, uh, Trishik, you'll get this aid to your crafting check. Alrighty, so rolling at a plus twenty-one. Rolling at a plus. 21. And uh, actually, I'm going to roll that because... Uh, uh, secret check. It is secretive. But I will I will take this from you. It's okay. I, I realized that I made a mistake and you rolled literal garbage anyway. So, you know, there was no consequence there. Mm -hmm. um, what's your crafting with a plus one? I am a master. Not your proficiency. Plus 21. The number that I'm oh, adding to this die when I roll it. 21. Oh, 20. no. It's 18. I was doing perception. It's 18, so 19 total. 19 total? Um, as you look down the wall, you are a pretty 
trained craftsman. Uh, you do know what you're on about here. Uh, you wouldn't find anything back behind the Guild of Arms that would, was immediately apparent. But what you would find... There's a bomb here. <laughs> <laughs> the wall's ring to blow! <laughs> a big old wooden crate sitting next to it. On the eastern side of the wall, uh, at this far end, at the opposite, you would find... I spent find all day finding nothing and then finally... Something rather interesting. Before we get into what it is, uh, Resme... Is a dwarf in a hood with a chisel. You're going to make Arcana? <laughs> uh, I am going to. Does this count That's as uh, identifying something? Or uh, not? It is not. This uh, is largely trying to assess. Then it's going to be a, a plus 24 with um, the eye of the wise. I think I was identifying something. Not really. You know what it is already. You're just trying um, to figure out to something strange. What I am going to do to sort of help is I'm going to cast Familiar's Face on Severin, and I'm actually going to send him up and down the wall so I can get different perspectives through my sight through him so that I'm not just getting it in one dimension. Okay. Uh, that would give you a lot of angles to see if anything weird has been worked with up out of the easily visible area. But with Severin looking, you don't find anything beyond the runes much uh, at the height of this table, a couple feet off the ground. So plus 25 is what you have? 24. 24. Okay. So with your ability to look at magic. Trishig over here is just looking at the stonework, looking for something wrong with the wall itself. You find a flaw in the eastern end, but with the runes and the... Uh, and I've got to detect magic, yeah, of the actual, course. Well, yeah, the whole wall is magical, yeah. so it doesn't super <clears throat> help you. Um, you actually would find something not too far back behind the Guild of Arms, near the entrance that you originally would have come in from when you first arrived in Cobbler. So, what you find is something that looks like a few runes have actually been perverted. They haven't been physically changed. Um, nothing, like no new lines or new inscriptions in a stone have been added. But the enchantments that are woven within this wall as you're detecting your magic and kind of parsing this there is something off about a, the section here just to the uh, to the west of that entrance. It's still functional. It's still up. It's still on. But there is something else there. Uh, the scope and size of this spell, this magic that's been wrought across this uh, barricade here, is so massive that it's it's almost impossible for you to determine any more than that, like any specifics about what it is, other than there's something is amiss. I'm actually going to send Severin off to fetch the Magus for me. The, uh, the Arc Magus? And Trishik, on the eastern end of the wall, uh, you find something different. Near uh, this far end, as it comes very close to the actual cavern wall itself, you can see what looks like something that has been added. Uh, the runes themselves are physically carved into the stone. But neither of you know much about magic. You're not sure what exactly this is. Uh, but it is clearly a little separate from the runic lines themselves. It looks like something that is almost uh, going down into a second row. Almost like it is directing uh, whatever magic this might hold downward 
rather than up into the shield that Cobbler needs. And this is something that's physically added to the wall. And it's not something you'd be able to see if you hadn't gone and looked down the entirety of the wall itself. Because again, this, the script of these runes, it's not very large. A couple inches at most. I'm stretching this mile of this thing. But there's so just after a little extra. All day of just racking my brain and mind-numbing searching over Finding to nothing. the end, right as I'm about to give up, and I'm like, wait a second. I know these patterns. I've been staring at them all day. <laughs> That's not right. Someone just marked this a few, sometime in the recent past. Uh, it doesn't necessarily, like, it's, it's not immediately apparent whether they're more recent. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell. They're just marks in stone. It still looks like it's worn, uh, but that's not impossible to fake. Not one pearl two, not one pearl two, not one pearl 2.3. So hmm. as you send Severin off to fetch the Archmage, you two discover this irregularity on the opposite side of the wall. What do you do? What be what is getting kind of late for you? It'd be what would be near about, but not far from time to sleep. Meet back up and uh, share findings. You're gonna head back to. Resume. So you and the Archmage will probably, if the Archmage responds to the summons, will both probably arrive to Resume at about the same time. Meanwhile, the pair of you, as the day gets going once more, meet with Olga. It's not hard for you to get one of the Sentinel's disciples from the Guild of Faith uh, to show you where to where she is staying in the same hotel that you're already in, the same inn, uh, and to introduce you briefly to Olga, a dwarf from Lorad. She's got pretty, uh, very thick, almost brown hair. It's not down, it's not held down by the braids close to her skull like a lot of other dwarves wear it. They either wear it like in an actual braid or the braids pull what's out of the braid flat onto their head. It's not often that there is much of uh, an expansive haircut of dwarves. Uh, but Olga's does actually go uh, up a decent deal. It seems to be relatively wavy, only separating into two braids, uh, seemingly with the back of the hair, as it's allowed to poof and pull down around. Uh, nothing about her dress uh, or anything visible as the door opens really belays much about who she is or anything in particular. Uh, if she weren't someone you were looking for to be introduced to, she looks like she is and lives like just about any other dwarf that you've seen throughout Cosler. A cobbler and dressed similarly plainly with a, a an almost petite face very small features uh after the introduction she of course immediately agrees to help you with whatever you need and invites you inside the uh, the room which looks very much to be a near mirror of the rooms that you're already staying in mm-hmm. but the disciple says his uh Says his parting words, leaves to head back to the Guild of Faith, and Olga closed the door with the two of you. Thank you for agreeing to speak with us. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to look into this. Of course, we'll, we'll do whatever we can. Uh, and I'll tell you everything I know, anything that you need that could that help bring Talos back to me. We'll start from the top, I suppose. Okay, all right, we can do. Um, look, truth be told. It was my fault he left, honestly. I... We were coming down to Cobbler uh, to make a pilgrimage to the Thorax Anvil up in the Unfire District. Uh, it's both a forge, but uh, it's also a rather holy site in the Five Kingdoms. 
we're pretty pious folk, uh, the two of us. And uh, with no children bearing us down, and the money to travel, we figured we'd make a visit. Uh, a pilgrimage, almost. We have coin. We're, we're well enough off. I... Well, I wanted to come here. I'd heard of the Gold Sky Inn. I've heard of its reputation. It's... It's of no finer establishment you'll find anywhere in the Five Kings Mountains. But it's not cheap, of course. And uh, Thomas... Clorag bless his heart. We wouldn't have half the coin we do if it weren't for him. That is down near miserly ways. He didn't want to spend the coin on a decent inn. It was a journey to, to visit Kovler, to visit this uh, this shrine of Tolreg. But he didn't want to put any more coin into the, into the simple lodgings here than was necessary. He didn't want to see it as much more of a vacation. He wanted to invest. So I dug in and I held my ground and it was a big fight. And I ended up I'm getting him to come in here and agreeing to take the room. Oh, that wasn't the end of it. I was snarky with him. And it blew up again. And he left. He said he was going to go to sleep like a stone. Uh, not, not too far down the road from here. He doesn't even have individual rooms. He's sleeping in a common house. That's not a vacation. What? I, I drove him off. I just kept fighting with him. I haven't heard anything from him since. Please calm yourself. I'm sure these things happen. Uh, we'll go look into it. Uh, you said he was heading down to the sleep like a stone. That's what they call the place? Oi! Uh, sleep like a stone. It's just from here. It's really not far. Uh, it's if you head left out, out of the inn and take it right down to the main road that, that leads out to the main thoroughfare out to Kovler. Uh, it's just out the inn. It's the first inn you'd be walking past if you were a traveling merchant coming through. Of course, of course. Uh, before we go, uh, do you have a picture, uh, perhaps a sketch? Uh, if not, you could describe it. My friend here, he's quite capable. Of somebody or Talos? Or, or the inn? No, 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 if your husband's there. He... Alright, <clears throat> um... I've never been much for various kind of things. Um, his, his black hair, uh, he he likes to, to wear it in a mess of braids. Uh, just, just, just dozens of them, almost throws it back uh, upon his head. Uh, his hair not too long to go much further than, uh, than to the nape of his neck, really. Uh, and he wears his beard much the same, uh, looking like a dangle of chains. Uh, he's, he's, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe seven inches taller than me, perhaps. He's not a terribly tall dwarf, but he's, uh, he can be a little, uh, heavier frame i suppose but he's not he's not large or anything um as is drawing as she's talking it's just a stick figure with some, some <laughs> well that's something to go on i suppose i, I don't really know what, what much else to give you really that's not what i'm, I'm terrible at this kind of thing it's fine my dear it's something to go on yeah i got it i got it i got it perfect there you see he's got it it's perfect we'll start our investigations immediately Thank you, thank you, thank you both so much. Thank the Guild of Faith. Uh, thank the Sentinel Groblin for agreeing to help us out with this. I couldn't believe he'd take the time out of his day uh, to investigate a, a single traveler disappearing. But, but, Torag, Cole, all, all the divines above, bless you, please. I'm gonna please bring my husband back. Come up to her, I'm going to grasp her hands. And yes, yes, yes. And we're staying in this inn as well. If anything else comes up, just let us know. We're in this room number. <clears throat> Just slip a note under the under the door, whatever you have to do. Leave it with the leave it with the receptionist. We'll get it. We, All right. We're gonna be back. All right. Please, come find me first thing if you find him. 
Of course, of course. Just, just bless you both so much. Uh, Torak lights your path and guides your hammers. I, I don't know how right to thank you, but please, anything you can. Like I said, we're not we're well off enough. I can pay any amount of coin. This is a favor for the Sentinel. Please don't put yourself out. As Thorak watches, he provides. Well, thank you so much. I'm sorry, there's not much more I can tell to help you. I don't know what happened. Please try to calm yourself. Uh, we'll be back as soon as we have news. And she tries. She kind of like closes her eyes and sort of focuses from her nodding her head. I, I'll do what I can. I got nothing. I got nothing to do but wait for news, I suppose. Right here. We'll be back. And leave. As we're walking out of this and that was a terrible description. <laughs> really? Did I mean it's a probably your blades. average person describing another person? I don't know. It was like regular height, and he had like. I rolled a one on my craft check to, to actually sketch it. Oh, did you really? So it's a stick figure. It's just it's, a bunch of braids coming out of it. Like, well, he has a lot of braids. He, and that's she described. She described every dwarf to me. <laughs> well. Oh yeah, you did say they all looked alike to you. Didn't I they? have a hard time. I have. I'm. I'm. I'm better with better with humans. I bet you're um, really good with Yosoki. Yosoki are excellent. I grew up with Yosoki. Well, if humans, only, if we... only Cobbler was populated by Yosoki, it'd make his life so much easier, it wouldn't would. it? Well, anyway, let's head on down to the Slave Like a Stone. Perhaps we can find something there. I didn't do a lot of trading with the And the moral of the story is, don't cheap out on your hotel accommodations <laughs> when you go out of town, guys. Oh. Don't go into the bad part of town. Don't do it. <laughs> Oh, spitting image. That's the Forge Master. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let me see if we can get on camera. So, so. That's amazing. Yeah. No, no, make that be that. That is okay. the good times right there. Perfect. Oh, wow. Yeah. Perfect yeah. artwork. That is, it's the Forge Master. She's oh, jacked. <laughs> get the top half of it on screen at least. So you'd make your way, um, kind of following this thread throughout the rest of your day. You'd head down to sleep like a stone, uh, easy to find, and indeed the. <laughs> he's, keeping <it. laughs> he's keeping it. The piece of paper. He's gonna hoard it. Of course. You'd head is. down to sleep like a stone, which, I must, as much as Olga described, looks like it's pretty cheap and not, not great. Uh, the main bulk of the building, which is a fair deal smaller, and it's much simpler. Uh, it's paneled with wood on the outside to look more traditional to a building on the surface, uh, but the inside looks much the same as any other building in Cobbler. Uh, it is pretty much one gigantic common room uh, with cots, bedrolls, and everything just laying throughout. Uh, much less of a, an inn with a private room for you to stay in, and much more you just give them some money, you get a bedroll, and you sleep on the floor with everybody else in the common area, and that's a place to stay. What, no doorman? And you wake up and someone stole your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, you stay here because you don't have much stuff. Or you wake up and someone stole you. <laughs> My kidneys. You would be able to speak with the uh, innkeeper there, uh, who would confirm that Talos had checked in that night. Uh, he was very angry when he arrived, and he bought quite a bit of ale. He got very drunk in the common room before loudly proclaiming to whoever or himself that he needed to walk to clear his head. Um... His rants had given the innkeeper a little bit of insight as to the events perhaps leading up to this, and as he left, uh, the innkeeper sort of just assumed that he had probably headed back to his wife. Uh, kept the couple of coppers he'd paid and the several silver for the, for the area and several silvers he'd play, paid for the pints upon pints of alcohol and just figured nothing of it. 
Uh, you arriving here would actually be the first that he had learned that Talos did not make it back to his wife. Because when he never came back to sleep like a stone, you just kind of assumed. Well, got two coppers for, for space. Don't even have to give it. Easy. Mm. Two coppers for a bedroll. And uh, further investigation would really just be kind of asking around and trying to find any other lead to follow. That sounds like an, uh, we will definitely be gathering some information Absolutely going to be a diplomacy check to gather some information. So you can each roll independently or one of you can aid the other if you so choose. Um, I think we could probably each. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. We getting raided. Hey. hey. Oh no, it's the end of the stream. <laughs> Looks like we got to keep going. Hi, yep. Q times. We have a time slot. I know. Hi, Q times. Thank you guys for the raid. This is right at the end of our adventures today, but you get to see this solid natural 20 that's about to come out on this dice cam. Watch uh, this person. 12. Oh, even, even worse. Well, oh, if you, add them, if you together, add them together, it's actually blackjack. So, <laughs> you know. Win. You win, yeah. It's that's how gambling works. Roshin gets a thirty-two. Um, thirty-two and Raz. That's an eight. That's an eight. Yeah. So t- twenty-seven. So the two of you split up and start trying to ask around throughout the travelers' quarter here in Cobbler to find any kind of information. Um, Raz, you have some difficulty, uh, even though you have quite a good way with words. Your, you know, mm. you. It's quite distracting to a lot of people, and in particular, uh, here early in the morning, uh, quite a lot of children. It's kind of hard to get people to take you seriously, and it's kind of hard to fend off the very inquisitive children who want to know why there is a big rat man walking around. And uh, blunt as children are... It's not fending off, it's indulging. <laughs> he gets he gets equally distracted, <laughs> explaining the history and culture of the Ahsoki people, and uh, unfortunately doesn't really find anyone of value. However, Rasheen... Uh, being much more, perhaps just intimidating looking, <laughs> walking around. You just walk around your full plate with your tavern and everything. Um, yeah, I guess. Tell I me would everything be, you know. Actually, <laughs> you just walk with the people. Do you see this man? Two forge nights ago, come out of sleep like a stone. You have a lot of stick figure. <laughs> just the facts, please. <laughs> Giant full plate lady, <laughs> looming over these dwarves with a literal crimson eye. Um, you actually get a couple of random people who claim to have noticed that uh, this man uh, with whatever bit of information you get them was not subtle he was very drunk (laughs) he was clearly quite angry and uh you get a couple of witnesses claiming that he had headed up north on this other main road here and let me bring this back over to where we are on the map go map you are down here at Sleep Like a Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, up this primary road on the very western end of Cobbler. Uh, and you get a, a couple eyewitness reports as you go that track him down at least this intersection up here on the end of the Earth Fire District. Hmm. But at that point, the trail, unfortunately, seems to go cold. He saw a murder. All right. So one guy stabbed Talos in the face <laughs> <laughs> with a knife of disintegration and delete his body from existence now. Uh, but unfortunately, at that point, you can't find anything further. Um, it seems that his uh, stumbling along quite drunk. It was, it was during the Forge Night. It was not too long after, but it was when they were settling down. At the end, this fight had flared up again. So there were not a ton of people around the streets. And uh, at that point, up in the Forge District here in Earthfire, where a lot of the anvils and workshops are, there was hardly anyone around. These towers here, are they manned? Um, 
they are more ornamental uh, during the day, just because there is a, a decent amount of traffic from traders and traveling merchants that are coming in through these primary roads that lead out of Kothler. They are staffed by a few members of the Guild of Arms, uh, but they actually don't keep soldiers up there at night. Mm. They just have a couple of the pairs of patrols walking around the city on foot. Um, so there would have been no one up there uh, that night. I have a question. Is there any type of like rodents that have found their way down into these, this city? They tend to travel along with. They get into. Yeah, boxes. I mean, there would probably be some rats that are, would come along with cargo. Gather or information speaking to the rats because I can talk rat. And I can gather information through them. There probably aren't enough of them because the problem is they can get brought here, but they can't chew through the stone of buildings. I don't think they can chew through rocks. Probably not. Rats are pretty. Bitey, this is Galorian, where everything will kill you. That's true, but like a normal, like a regular rat. Probably, though, they might hitch a ride on some goods and some wagons coming down here. They probably wouldn't survive terribly long after that, as it's just not an environment that's really conducive to keeping them around. Unless they're New York rats. Well, they'd, they'd probably just, like, stay in the places where they were dropped off and live there until they get caught. Yeah, so there wouldn't be, like, rats out and about that you could really ask. Tell me there's no, like, this gangs of rats walking on the streets. <laughs> down the when you're a rat, you're a rat Wait a all day. <laughs> that's a gang of Yusoki. <laughs> <laughs> This is oh, no. not a goblin city. There's not enough things for them to just subsist on. It's the slow cheese game. <laughs> but, um, unable to really find much more information other than the trail kind of disappearing at the Earthfire District. Right. Uh, the pair of you near the middle of the Forge Day starting to grow kind of tired and weary and not seem like as much more information would sort of run dry. Okay. Uh, the other three of you up at the wall as Marshall and she can make their way back to the western ends to meet back up with Resme. Uh, to your surprise, regardless of his unwillingness to assist you, claims of something being awry at the wall itself will in fact draw the Archmage of the Guild of Spells. Mm. This mm. is, like, if, you, if you've got something, <laughs> if for no other reason than to be able to directly tell you, <laughs> stop bothering me, there's nothing wrong, he has, in fact, come himself with a pair of his fellow mages to see what it is you have found. Got him. And next week, when we return, we can see what it is that the Archmage and his associates can learn about the wall itself. He's here to give me personal rain cloud, isn't he? Oh, Resme, you've done such a fine job. <laughs> it's a shame that's not in my repertoire. <laughs> I know every uncommon spell except that one. I never bothered to learn it. It just seemed utterly pointless. <laughs> so, But I want to cast it on the stonemason. I know you do. Honestly... One of the greatest joys in this campaign is getting to deny you throughout like three chapters now access to personal rain cloud. It just brings everything. me so much personal enjoyment. <laughs> it's like, another spell. It's your personal sunshine. I, it's my it's my personal rain cloud on you. Oh. <laughs> oh. If the party would adopt it or they would have had it. <laughs> so we'll be back next Saturday, Sorry. next yeah. week to continue our adventures. We've started looking around Cobbler a little bit and I haven't immediately turned up anything of great value, but we have perhaps found some flaws in the wall and the Archmage coming to inspect them. Uh, we may be able to learn something interesting and perhaps get our first hints of what may be going on behind the scenes here. For now, though, thank you, all of you, for coming and hanging out. Thank you for being here. Appreciate the support. 
Thank you, Paizo, for sponsoring us. Sirenscape for the soundboard and your uh, d your great sound effects, even if there is admittedly not a ton of it that I'm using while we're just kind of hanging out in a city behind it. But it's the background just ambience itself. There's not, like, slashing swords and rustling just... armor, but there's wagons and anvil hits, and it, you know, feels like a dwarven city. I like it. I really yeah. do. And cute times for the raid. And cute times for the raid. I even though we're times. at the very end, I apologize. Uh, this, this is where our story comes to a close for this week. Cue the entrance. Next music. week. Well, further progress, perhaps. I'm hungry. I'm starving. I'm Sorry. ready for food. Food. The oh discussion of the crab stuffed mushroom thing oh. has absolutely yes. gutted my appetite. So good night to all of you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and hopefully. The, the best seafood North Central Florida can offer. Hopefully we'll see you next week. Not hopefully. a high bar. Nah, it's not, it's not a high bar. It's not a high bar.